welcome to, I guess it's not the Boy Howdy podcast this week. Uh, Annie decided to take the week off, so instead we have a whole bunch of people volunteered to be in the studio, quote-unquote basement studio this week, to talk about this week and all the ridiculous Star Wars rumors that just propped up on the internet this week. So many rumors. All kinds of... We, we, we've been talking about this shit for actually already half an hour. We've essentially <laughs> been having the podcast off air, uh, debating uh, the merits of whether or not these po- or these spoilers are actually true or Let's not. Let's say, just say it all again, but less well. Yeah, it's a, I know, yeah, I'm a little more stilted, because we've always heard each other's arguments already, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, of course, uh, this is Bill Mudrin, uh, co-host of the Boy Howdy podcast. Uh, we'll go around the room, Conley. Sure, hey, I'm Conley. Woo! I'm Jimmy. You guys want to see what you, what you do or what I you do? I don't know. Anything? It's, what do you do? Stuff. Uh, stuff? I do stuff? <laughs> That's calmly. <laughs> we've actually done one uh, other Star Wars special before, so yeah, people listening in, this is going to be all Star Wars talk, so if you don't care about Star Wars, uh, you might want to tune in next week. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, okay, it's Bill, it's Conley, it's... Jimmy, I was on the other Star Wars podcast. Jimmy's mm-hmm. awesome, uh, we also have... Oh, I'm, uh, I'm Bobby. I, uh... Bobby Roberts. Yeah, I, uh, I, I write words, and I make podcasts, and I break beats. Yeah, he's also on the Full of Sith podcast, if you guys do yeah. like Star Wars and you're interested in anything. Bobby and Michael probably have the... They'll, they'll definitely be the two most well-spoken people in the podcast. Definitely better <laughs> than me. You guys it. should be hosting. You guys do this shit for a living talking in front of people. Why am I hosting? Oh, I should just be giving you guys space to just talk though, within please. my audience. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, Mike. Yeah. My name is Mike, and uh, I uh, am occasionally on this show and, and otherwise mostly retired from the cultural conversation. You kind of are well, <laughs> Uh, Mike used to uh, do a comic strip for the Oregonian newspaper here in Portland called The Oregonian. Yeah, I took a leave. I took a took a hiatus from reviewing movies for them too. So I'm not doing anything. Yeah. This is it. But you're still in the loop. You know what's up? I, yeah, I'm still bullshit. I'm still super savvy. Bro. You know enough to bitch about Star Wars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I can talk mess about Star Wars. So yeah. anyway, yeah, we were just talking about the merits of all the Star Wars uh, rumors and stuff that leaked this week. So Bobby, you were talking about you think this is what was your point of view on? Uh, my point of view on almost any rumor that comes out and just sort of deciding to engage in the spoiler game in general. Because uh, I mean, the game that we play here. Because, I mean, and I talked about this on Full of Sith, so you can either listen to this one or listen to Full of Sith. If you're listening to this one, don't worry about downloading the last Full of Sith. I'm basically going to just say the exact same shit, <laughs> except I'll be able to say shit. Yeah, you just recorded that last <laughs> night, too, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. You, can't talk, you can't talk a lot of mess on that show that way, can you? No, no. Oh, no. called Full of Sith. Do you think you'd, you'd be towing the line a bit more, yeah? You would think, but no. Nah, it's a good podcast. We're not talking about shit about Full of Sith. No, we're just talking it's, about it's just that what we, you can talk about. Wait, exactly. how you can express yourself. So, but yeah. what, what I was saying on, on that show is that the game that we play, the spoiler game, is essentially a game of what if and telephone. If you're going to play the game of what if plus telephone equals spoiler game, that you have to sort of buy into the idea that none of it's going to get confirmed until you actually watch the movie. Some of it is definitely going to be wrong, but at some point you have to kind of believe that some of it could be right, otherwise there's absolutely no reason to even engage in the conversation in the first place. So once you have that as a base level... Then you can go ahead and blah, blah, blah over what came out, whether you like it or not, whether it could work. If it could work, what about it would be wonderful. What about it is garbage and you hope to God that someone is lying or heard something terrible in the game of telephone and sort of vomited it back up onto their chest on accident. You know, that sort of deal. What's especially confounding about this this bunch of rumors and stuff, too, is we're not familiar with this creative team and how they're going to treat this 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 story that they're telling. Because mm-hmm. if this was George Lucas again, you could say, well, this doesn't sound like a George Lucas creative decision. And granted, we all know J.J. Abrams. We know the kind of movies and stuff he makes. But it's a little bit more difficult to suss out exactly like what what is how, like what his take on 
all this bullshit. Yeah, we don't know yeah. how this stuff is coming out. I actually am fascinated by this because I first got involved in really kind of looking at the internet in like 1997, and, yeah. and it was partly to look at, you know, prequel rumors. And I know Bobby and I go way back, and we both were kind of getting involved in internet mudslinging around so the same met, time. So you guys met on, a, what, the Millennium Falcon message boards? No, it was uh, Chud.com. Yeah. So Chud.com so. Chud. is one of I've heard of, but I've never actually seen Yeah. It's one of it's, the, it's uh, the primordial yeah. pu uh, puddles of internet writing that a lot of people have crawled out of at some so... point. And they became screenwriters. Some of them grew legs and made their yeah. way to Hollywood. Some of us sort of grew fins and nubs and so kept splashing around. So what was so special around. about Cheddar? Just had a lot of I don't know. It was, it, it, was, it was just or? one of those. It was just one of those places. Okay. It, it yeah. seemed like you could. This was back when people still talked on internet forums. Not they don't do that anymore. Other, now, yeah. now it's just essentially social media. First. Social media has replaced the right. need for there yeah. to be a message board at all. My, my first internet community was Star Wars related. Like the first yeah. like forum that I ever joined when I was like much younger was like trying to learn about Star Wars prequel stuff before it happened. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Mike Wars. and I were talking yeah. about this recently. It's essentially the internet that we look at today in terms of like movie news, entertainment news, exists solely because the prequels were coming out. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's so many people who work in, yeah. in, at, at these websites, so many people who are you know scoopers for a living, that sort of thing, got into this game in the late 90s, early 2000s because people wanted to talk about Star Wars. Star Wars absolutely created the sort of pop culture internet that we are all plugged into in one way yep. or another. Totally. It's hard to argue against that. It's funny because I, I, what I'm curious about is the way it's approached differently now because, of course, you know, we had the way it was, all the information was coming out largely on Ain't It Cool News was a big mm -hmm. hub then. And now, you know, it's funny because uh, there's a, some of the same guys from Chud are actually doing stuff like uh, Devin Faraci, who was a big Chud guy, is, mm -hmm. is now running Badass Digest, and he's getting all breaking a lot of stuff. Latino Review, I think, was around back in the day, too, wasn't it? Uh, Latino no? Review showed up uh, a little bit later, and it took people a while to to give them any sort of credibility. And so those guys are pretty credible, because it seems like the they have enough machine. weight these days where if Latino Review, not to say it's a lock that it's going to be true, but it seems yeah. like a lot of people will kind of go, well, it's Latino Review. Yeah. Yeah, and they uh, seem kind of new to me. I hadn't heard about them no, in the last couple of years. They're, yeah. they're new-ish. I mean, it's if like you, five if, years ago when they came around. I don't know, it might be a little bit longer than five. It yeah. might be a little okay. bit longer than five. But I mean, yeah, it's they've, they, they've, they've got a better record than most More of the than other that. websites no, that are like, oh, here's something that you haven't heard of yet, and they don't want you to know about it because that's essentially what a lot of these sites they, yeah. you know, the rap, Deadline, Hollywood. That they don't. Neither of those two sites do that sort of stuff that much. Now it's just basically they they're competing with Hollywood Reporter and Variety, and they yeah. don't report anything unless they can talk to agents and PR people and get things double, triple verified, and then you'll find out about it. So, you know, a lot of internet sites have sort of moved more towards that model. Like, people have learned how to play the game, and yeah. the, the industry yeah. itself has learned how to play the game. In those old Wild West days, the industry was like, internet, and, you know, yeah. the, the Heisman, <laughs> Heisman straight out, no, grab the internet's face, shove it back into that ooze. Strong arm They used to get yeah. mad if movie bloggers got invited to press junkets. Mm -hmm. Like, let's yeah. establish reporters would well, get in the face like of, like, thing. Moriarty yeah. and those guys and go, how dare you be here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that seems unthinkable. Yeah. Well, so, that, that's in the 15 years, for so many campaigns and everything now. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. But yeah. the interesting thing so, I find about today's internet culture is there's a lot more of the sort of aggregation style blog posts. So it's funny now because you'll see a rumor at uh, surface at like Latina Review or whoever the other big sources are these days. And then you immediately see it pop up on all your other favorite movie blogs. And they're all basically all crediting one week. source. But it's I mean, all going back to a single I, source. I, yeah. I have, like, 
I'm a total skeptic, and I feel like at least half of this stuff is bullshit. Because, like, <laughs> as soon as I heard people talking about this, I go and look and say, okay, it's on all these sites, what their, what's their source? And, like, here's the fact that it's all, like, one site with, like, one dude that's like, mm-hmm. I heard this. This happened yeah. This like, happened last night with the, the Star Wars uh, the original Ray cuts. Yeah, yeah. Just last night co- was comicbook.com. It was comicbook.com, right. which is not a site that is known, known for much of anything at yeah. all. Yeah. And the guy at comicbook.com decided to write a story based on a thing that he heard from a guy yeah. that Disney was and going to be And that's how it was phrased oh. in the thing where he was kind of like, I kind of made me a minute. Yeah, it was Didn't just... they even say they were considering that like right after the purchase? Yeah, well, basically? that's the thing that's considered... Well, you know what's going to happen, too. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. eventually, the original cuts are going to show up on Blu-ray. There's no way it's not because yeah. there's too much money involved. The yeah. problem being, or the problem that I have with comicbook.com having their story get picked up by like polygon.com and other, you know... That's the crazy thing. Seen, I think Variety fucking leaked it this morning or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> really? Like, fucking... They're scrambling for content, so they went ahead and grabbed that because they know that people are talking about it and people yeah. are going to talk about it. But the problem is that nobody is trying to talk to Fox, who still actually owns the rights right. to all of those movies. You know what? I didn't find... I didn't realize that Fox actually still owns the rights, uh, distribution rights to Empire and Jedi. They, they, I know they uh, own Star Wars Cold. Yeah. But I didn't realize... So it is more complicated than everyone imagines. Well, it's, it's anyway, not so yeah, much that complicated, saying. but it's, it's basically they own the rights to all of the movies until 2020. Yeah. And then after 2020, Disney gets the distribution rights back to everything except for Star Wars. Yeah. So at some point, there's going to be a home video version of the original Star Wars trilogy. It's going to happen, guaranteed. Yeah. You're probably not going to have to wait till 2020 because Fox isn't going to leave that money on the table either. No. But nobody who was reported on this comicbook.com story, and comicbook.com didn't re- do their legwork either, has picked up the phone and called Fox at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way this set comes out until Fox says we want the set to come out. Mm-hmm. And Disney can do whatever the hell they want to do with whatever restoration they're doing. And they are doing some sort of restoration on the original trilogy now. That's guaranteed. They're yeah. doing it, but we don't well, know what they're doing it for. Supposedly, Lucasfilm was actually doing a restoration in advance for the yeah. the three the, three the D uh, conversions that they were going to do mm-hmm. because they need. It was easier yeah. to work from a restored print when you're going to do all the three D process. But, but the thing stuff, is, but like, yeah. it's exactly that's probably already done. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's exactly what Conley was talking about. Like, all the stories that you're hearing about the original trilogy coming out on Blu-ray now are all sourced back to that one post, right. and it's and one I, guy. Kind of say, I heard that this might be a thing. Yeah, I'm but not sure. Okay. Can I can I yeah. jump in with a little bit of lofty slopes of Mount Obvious media theory here? Uh-huh. <laughs> what what happens in this is this is very much this is something you see a lot in televised media and all kinds of media right now, especially in the aggregation culture. Um, John Stewart did a pretty funny thing about this about the way TV news outlets are reporting the Fort Hood shooting to take this to a much darker place. Yeah, they they get ratings by reporting rumors and misinformation because they keep you glued to the television. We've heard that maybe oh, this is true, along, yeah. and then they and it's basically what it is. It's incredibly uh, the one of the buzzwords in broadcast is stimulating, mm-hmm. and they basically create a tremendous cloud of stimulation by saying, well, you know, this might be true. If they're getting eyeballs, that's their chief concern. Well, they create a new story that they yeah. can now update. So yeah, the so the yeah. discussion that they've created is what they were after, mm-hmm. even most more so in some cases than the facts. Yeah, what 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 you're essentially describing is the idea that you don't actually have to have a news story so long as you have enough paragraphs to support the headline that yeah. you're going because right. nobody is going to read past the headline, and the headline only exists to start a what if conversation. Yeah. So if you can get a headline up. And then someone will share that headline, and then all anyone's going to do is talk about the scenario suggested by that headline. Yeah, then you're off to the races. You don't yeah, have to actually have yeah. a story. Like, that dude at comicbook.com 
could have literally put up that one animated gif that says, look at this, look at this, it's fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. That could have that been the basis of yeah. the post, and it would have it would have changed nothing so far as the conversation that followed. And that's after. especially yeah. insidious because this is something you know it's going to eventually happen anyway. Yeah. So it, that adds a, uh, adds an extra air credibility to think because it, well, it sounds like well, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So why wouldn't this be true? Yeah. So technically, true. even it, when it comes yeah. true, he can come out and say, well, I was right. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, like, but to be fair, it might be true. He may well have heard that. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the, but, but someone should maybe someone should fucking give Fox a call to see. Are you guys planning on working with Disney to get these things out by the Fox end of the year? Fox and Disney are crazy if they don't but, put that out next next fall. Yeah. But, but here's the thing: if they yeah. actually go get the confirmation, it kills the conversation, which kills the attention to the blog. Well, that's post, what you're right? talking because the story that's lives the in that cloud of sword. what if. Yeah, that's the double. That's when sword. it becomes actually a fact and not just yeah. like conjecture. I don't know. Yeah. When I get back to the office of the Mercury, I'm thinking about trying to just fucking call it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys working on this Fox? Because I mean, technically, if Fox wanted to, they could they could probably just release what they have at their own studios. Like, right. if they wanted to, they could be like, we're just going to go ahead and package up the original trilogy for the 13th time yeah. and throw it out there. I don't That's... know if they even have to talk to Disney. And a lot of people who are huh. writing about this don't know either, but the thing is, they they don't even care to ask the question. Mm -hmm. They're just sort of like, well, Star Wars equals Disney now. So if Disney wants to do it, that means it's probably going to come out at the end of the year. And I'm like, it's not... Not that easy. Yeah. Someone's got to talk yeah. to Fox. Yeah. Someone's got to talk but, uh, to Fox. But be, people are using the Fox thing as justification for why it's never going to happen and stuff. And like, well, like Fox will agree to it. There's no. too much money no, on the team. Yeah. Because exactly. Fox yeah. can't really do that much with the originals. I mean, they could put out with the original Star Wars again, but like, it's 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 like what, what's the thing in the Bible where the, like the two ladies are fighting over a baby and the guy says, oh, "We'll just cut the baby in half." <laughs> Fox has the, the story of Solomon. Fox yeah. has the baby's left leg, yeah. <laughs> and they have that left leg, and that baby kind of needs that left leg, but the baby So yeah, it does justify. Yeah, they're 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 yeah. There's too much. What Bobby is saying, there's yeah. too much. I love, I love how Bill, your med, your word pictures are always beautiful. Star Wars Bill. Baby. Well, yeah. Star Wars is like a baby about to be cloven in twain. Uh, the, um, but but that's know, justification for them to yeah. go back and remake. Yeah, I, mean, I, can, I cannot wait to get Jesus. my hands on the baby leg edition that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah, one thing yeah. that's interesting is that you know there is. I've joked about this with fellow movie writer friends over the years. Is that there is kind of a formulaic structure to the hack movie blog post which is yeah we heard this according to this could be right could be wrong what do you think tell us in the comments yeah. like if you ever see That's anything structured like that like have yeah. a conversation yeah. now you tell yeah. us in the comments it's yeah like, oh, yeah and and it's always you know it's always the saddest thing in the world to me is like the equivalent of an empty restaurant is tell us what you think in the comments no comments yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were talking about how people don't really use forums anymore, and they if they're not using forums, they're definitely not using the comments. Yeah. What yeah. they're doing is they're reposting your stupid link on Facebook, and then they're having their own curated conversation. Yeah. On their yeah. own so Facebook mostly bench. Facebook, actually, the most yeah. useless part of the internet. Well, yeah. a lot of that yeah. moved to social media, too. You well, know? that's what, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, comment sections Twitter. at this point at the bottom of a website are basically the internet's appendix. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a thing that we've evolved beyond, and it sits there to collect poison until it bursts. <laughs> <laughs> that's all a fucking comment well, section is. There's also, no earthly use for it that's anymore. That's where the chuds are hanging out, the subhuman yeah. underground dwellers. <laughs> that's the only people even left there. Not that internet comments were ever like a bashing of, of, of conversation before, yeah. but now it really is like... Yeah, there's uh, absolutely yeah. no reason to look at that appendix at the nope. bottom of the article. There's Damn. absolutely nope. no reason. So, Millennium Falcon, is that true or not? Uh, like the Millennium Falcon set pics? Yes, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. That's legit. And they look great. I've never seen that particular part of the hallway to the cockpit. I'm very excited about that. I think it's bullshit. Just to think that maybe someone. Listen, hey, I, I, that's what I think. 
Now we know that they built a Millennium Falcon. I know, yeah. but part of me wants to think that maybe this is some guy, he just, like, built his own Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yes. This is his way of kind of, like, like, showing it off to the world, like, hey, I got a set pick, it looks so good. What like, I want to do is I want to I wanna take Mike's semi-mocking comment about, I haven't seen that part of the hallway, it would be nice. <laughs> and it it, it uh, totally wasn't semi-mocking. I'm genuinely excited. Are you talking excited. about, like, leading up to the cockpit? Is that yeah, what that little hallway. Yeah. I'm talking about J.J. Abrams doing his J.J. Abrams thing, where he puts the camera on a steady cam yeah. and actually goes tearing ass like, through, through the hallways yeah. well, of the Millennium Falcon because we're, we're going to see somebody yeah. running through that thing at some point well, that's I what imagine Kevin it's going to look cool yeah. Kevin Smith yeah. was talking about supposedly he actually walked up the ramp into the Millennium Falcon yeah. which in the way he was describing it he made it sound like there was an interior which does not make sense because the original uh, leaked pictures of the Millennium Falcon exterior mm. that uh, part of that whole leaked set of photos was off to the side you actually saw them building the interior so right. unless they're going to take that interior lift it up and put it inside the Falcon it won't be inside the, there'll be two different sets That's the exterior separate, built, yeah. but, the, but, but the thing is that what he's done is he's built an entire continuous set it's kind of like on Star Trek Into Darkness he made a big deal out of building whole sections of the Enterprise oh, yeah, so, so he can actually do long so tracking shots so spatially it makes sense you know where you're at inside the yeah. environment yeah. So, he wants to do that there would be a, at least a decent amount of stuff that actually takes place in the Falcon if he's yeah, going to It's kind of like when Joss Whedon made Serenity and he insisted on building the entire interior of Serenity well, exactly, yeah. as one continuous That's why set. that first shot of the movie is like that's that. That's what so Abrams wanted. Mm. Ideally, what you get, what you want to see in a Star Wars movie with the te today's modern technology, yeah, you do get the city cam shot of like, there's a fight outside the Millennium Falcon, you actually follow them up into the ship, yeah. into the cockpit. They yeah. run out, the dude bails out of the chair, <laughs> runs down the hallway, or something there's like no that. cuts yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Like, actually, oh, we get like droid so eye view or something. Like a, or something like that, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a little yeah. R2 droid just kind of swivels around, you yeah. get first person as they follow the guy running back up the ladder into the seat. Dun 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. That whole, like you know, we can see it. We can visualize yeah. that in our head, and that's that's a thing that I don't know would happen if J.J. Abrams wasn't directing. Yeah, yeah. you know that shot's in there because yeah. of the way Abrams makes movies. You know that shot will be in this film, and you know that he wants to film we that shot very for badly. like eighteen months from now. Yeah. <laughs> Especially so if we have this like, podcasting. Like in. the language of like filming. How do you guys feel about like the idea of flashbacks in Star Wars? See, yeah, that's why I think really a lot of stuff is me. bullshit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know about that. Well, mm -hmm. let's contextualize this. Room rumor so we've heard now that one of the rumors out there and i think it came from definite badass right it came it's, it's part of the the collection of rumors that sort of got shotgunned to a whole bunch of websites all at once and then this uh young upstart site called indie revolver these little whippersnappers over at indie revolver uh <laughs> just instead of doing the thing we're like well this we'll put this out for this week and then we'll save this part for next week, and then we'll save this part for next week so they can just keep a rolling yeah. uh, conversation going. Interval was sort of like, oh, look at all these pictures. Bam, 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 like all in the same day. Just started throwing everything they had in the middle of the poker table. Just That, that the was the pot. weird thing yeah. about this week, though, which yeah. is why we're having this podcast this yeah. week, because it was such a weird dump of info. Yeah. Even if most of it's bullshit, it seems like, mm -hmm. where did this come from? Well, and the, uh, like, and the flashback section uh, was one of the things Latino Review was hanging on to, and I think someone at Badass Digest I also heard about the same thing. Uh, but the idea is that we are going to find out why Luke Skywalker has been missing for 30 years. Which... And they're going to explain why he's been missing for 30 years. And the the bad guys who have, you know, sort of made that possible through a flashback, which is the first time yeah. a flashback. Which is, seems weird. That's, yeah. I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know about that. I was thinking about that and, like, trying to compare it the way... Abrams has worked in the past, mm -hmm. and I was thinking, well, maybe they're actually going to end up doing the way they treated the first Star Trek movie, yeah. where he's like, he opens with this, it's, you know, 
yeah. an earlier scene. It was Kirk's dad on the ship. All right. This crazy oh, that's shit a good point, on. So actually. maybe we'll actually open up with an earlier scene. Yeah. So it's not a flashback. It's just well, we're starting a little earlier and then yeah. jumping ahead. But you bring up an interesting point, which is there really is kind of a set cadence to Star Wars, particularly in the classic trilogy, that we've all come to expect. Yeah. Like Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars especially move incredibly quickly. Mm -hmm. They have scenes that are like a 30 seconds long. There's wipes between them and everything has this real propulsive quality. Yeah. And it's all, but it's always moving forward in time. There's never any sense of like going, like pausing to reflect. Mm -hmm. And what yeah. that's what you're, what's giving you pause is that there's like, oh, this movie's actually going to have a completely different rhythm. Yeah. See, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. And if this were a Lucas film or a Lucas were still producing, you pretty much guarantee the flashback corners would be bullshit because that's not mm -hmm. the kind of stories he tells. Well, yeah, but now you got a guy, got a guy, you got a guy, new guy in charge. Mm -hmm. You don't know, maybe he will. I don't, I don't know about the legitimacy of actually having flashbacks. Like yeah. I can see what Jimmy's saying with like starting out at an yeah. earlier time or something. But time I skips or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know about like. I hope Unless... they have C-3PO reenact it with sound effects yeah. in front of a rapt <laughs> audience. I really hope. <laughs> Master Luke got cop captured by the Sith Infiltrator. Yeah. Tarantogosh. 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 <laughs> yeah, uh, well, the thing is, the, the story group, the, the Lucasfilm story group, which oh, is God. essentially sort of like the the Star Wars version of the Marvel Brain Trust, from what I understand. Which I didn't realize that was such a thing. Yeah, there's yeah. A, a, basically what's happening is Lucasfilm is sort of emulating how Marvel makes their movies on the down low. Yeah. People didn't realize it. They called it a story group. Yeah. yeah. And we were all like, oh, that sounds cool. That's just to make sure that the continuities all line up. And yeah. none of us really stopped to think, oh, they're just basically planning out exactly this spinoff goes here, this spinoff goes here, it ties in with this thing, and they're doing the Marvel approach. Yeah. And one of the members of the story group, a guy named Pablo Hidalgo, who's worked he's the, for he's, yeah, Lucas from War Guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, he's yeah. been around for a long time, and uh, he actually just recently said flashbacks are not a tool that we use. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. um, that's a major reason to go, I don't know about yeah, the flashback I, thing, yeah. but, yeah, I, I mean, it's also, it's also, you know, maybe that wasn't a tool that you use until J.J. Abrams was like, that's a tool I want to use. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You never know. Well, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like Abrams wants to stay true to the older oh, yeah. movies, right. though, so I don't like, expect All of the stuff that. that we've seen come out of it so far has looked more like Star Wars than... Mm -hmm. It looks like 1977. Really. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about that. I, I kind of want to call bullshit on the flashback Yeah, that's stuff. the one I feel the most like bullshit mm -hmm. about all, yeah. out of all of these rumors. Mm -hmm. I welcome it if there's... Pace to it. The thing that I, the thing I mostly think that the prequels lost is they didn't have that propulsive thing where mm -hmm. scenes were, you know, again, like there were thirty-second-long scenes that moved the movie forward, and they just kept relentlessly going like that. It had that breathless um, serial quality, yeah. and I think that that's what you lost with the prequels. I, if he actually keeps that, restores that sense of propulsion, mm -hmm. and then. Part of that is a flashback. I think that I could probably stomach it. Yeah, well, like we'll it, it, it depends on how, if a flashback does exist, how it is inserted and how is it how it is executed. Because it's not like the audience watching the movie is going to be thrown by the idea of a flashback being dropped in their life. It's a right. storytelling. It's only it's thing. only kind of like us, like stylistic Star Wars nerds, who would kind of go, eh, well, yeah, that's like if, well, guys, if, if really it works, yeah. it's not like anyone in the audience is going to go, oh. you Guys, there's a flashback happening. Yeah. This doesn't happen this in a Star Wars movie. Jimmy and I yeah. look at each other in the yeah. theater and do that. Like, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, did yeah, you yeah. see that <laughs> swirly wipe they used? Yeah. That, they never used that. That's a new wipe they yeah. did. Yeah. Just for this trilogy. Star yeah. Wars, new wipe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would urge people to remember, you know, I mean, the, the thing is, is that part of the, I mean, what I'm gathering anyway, at least from the cloud of rumors that's going around is, we're already going to have to wrap our head around something they're going to have to deal with by getting over it quickly, which is that the Empire wasn't completely defeated See, yeah. at the end of Jedi. This, they okay. actually exist in kind of a Cold War yeah, relationship now. I have a now. lot to say about that. We can maybe get to that I think later. They, that maybe 
Well, definitely. Let's go now. Let's do it now. But the fundamental change to set this up is, I think that in order for this movie to work the way we're hearing the rumors develop, is basically the Empire wasn't defeated. They they have kind of a Russia-U.S. Cold War relationship now. This kind of ties into one of the other things that came out, which is they, like, rumor that, oh, these are the new Stormtrooper helmets. Yeah. Which, first off, oh, maybe, but didn't, like, the pictures of the helmets come from, like, a prop replica form or something like that? Uh, no, there was, basically, Tom Hodges, who is uh, an artist that has worked for Lucasfilm a couple times, yeah. uh, saw the helmets, sketched a helmet, uh, and then... Oh, I realized it had that yeah, kind of... And, and then, after that helmet got sketched, uh, photos of the actual helmets... Uh, their pre-production designs hit, and then shortly after that, pictures of the helmets on a workbench, yeah. after having just been made, came out as well. Um, and so I, I think those are the helmets. I'm pretty solid yeah. that those are the helmets that the storm and the stormtroopers one- are going to look like. That one's Nike. Yeah, right. Yeah. That one's yeah. Nike, like one Nike Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like one of the most legit out of the rumors that have come out for sure. Mm. It has you know photos, all that kind of thing. Although I, f- I swear I heard that it was like from some kind of prop replica thing. Well, well I, like I think, I think the reason people are giving a lot of weight to the the production imagery that we've seen and you know stuff like the stormtrooper helmets and such is that I believe a few people involved with the production have recently been let go. Mm. Like like production interns or low level employees, either their contracts oh, that, just that ran would up be a, or they got yeah, fired. Somebody that's yeah. well, I even when I when I tweeted about this stuff this week, I was like, mm. sounds like somebody. If, if any of this is true, somebody's at someone got fired. Someone's yeah. a little pissed. Yeah. Unless these are controlled, designed, controlled leaks yeah. by the production. So, okay, hey. so the stormtrooper helmets. Yeah. I almost got into a little argument with Jimmy about this. But <laughs> like, okay. I know that the Empire doesn't crumble overnight. That's mm-hmm. silly. Like, they right. kill the Emperor. Obviously, that's not going to immediately dissolve the Empire. But 30 years later, yeah. for them to well, especially still if the Empire be dealing only with existed for 20 years. Right, exactly. 30 years later, for them still to be fighting Stormtroopers mm-hmm. seems a little yeah. dumb. But what if, and I'm just going to throw this out there as a possibility, what if, basically, they push the Empire back to a certain point, and they basically exist as kind of, again, like the U.S. and Russia, kind of a Cold War kind of relationship. Maybe they even have a diplomatic relations now. See, I would... I With would, the Republic. Yeah. I, I, like the, I like the idea of a Cold War specifically in that that gives you a good reason to skip ahead 30 years and have things still be relatively the same. Because if you set a Star Wars movie during a Cold War, there's not much to talk about. It's right. just a bunch right. of... There, some someone on this like Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar got their arms folded on one side <laughs> yeah. and some British flunky... Is on the other side yeah. with the thumb up his ass, yeah. and like there's not much of a movie there. But if yeah. you're like there was a Cold War, one side can't really beat the other side, and they're just trying to sort of maneuver their way into a position yeah, where they I can start know, an actual like, war back like up. Ten years after, sure. Yeah. But thirty years later, yeah, it doesn't seem well, also, unreasonable it's, to me. It's, like, but what if the what if the inflammation of these tensions into a new conflict is this new trilogy? Well, that would be that would be the suggestion. I was like, for like Germany, World War One, World War Two. It just seems like that's about the same amount of time. To have it just be no, to have it just be like to have it basically have paused and then like pick up and they're gonna fight the empire. It just seems lazy. I'd rather see a new conflict. I'm gonna try to keep this turning into what Bill would have done if he were in control of the sequel trilogy thing. But yeah, I if I were in charge of the story for this, I don't know what the story would be, but I would have the sequel trilogy be about okay, they destroyed the empire maybe it, it, t- it took 10 years to finally mm. destroy it with the remnants right. of the empire yeah but this this new trilogy is about a whole new 
cast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, you get some of the old actors show up for mm-hmm. 10 seconds, yeah. like, as much as uh, Uncle Owen and Peru did in the first yeah. uh, trilogy. And this new trilogy is about the repercussions of having defeated the Empire and how do you rebuild the society. And maybe there's a new threat that comes in or something like that. Preferably a threat that is still born of the situation of having defeated sure, the Empire. Sure, but, like, like, but we're like, still maybe there's a stormtrooper. Maybe there's a new civil war within like the new so. Republic or something like that, but still... But yeah, the idea that it's just like, yeah. okay, well, stormtroopers in the Empire again storm is a little... doesn't mean they're, like, the bad guys, though. Like, Why even, would they even in <laughs> using the stormtrooper costumes in the legacy, with all of the, like, the negative legacy connotations comics, that are... In the legacy comics that were, like, 40 years later... There were still stormtroopers around, but it was like the uh, the Imperial remnant, Republic. right? Isn't that what they were called, the remnant or something like no, that? No, they were. They no? served the Empire, but it was like the Grand Galactic mm. Republic, and they had with their own. With all of the they had horrible connotations associated with the Empire, yeah. and with the stormtroopers, I know. Why would they keep using stormtrooper costumes? Why would well, they adopt my, that stuff? My my my, uh, my sort of I, essentially, I'm just trying to come up with reasons as to why there'd be a thirty year break and why there'd still be an Empire and why there wouldn't. From what I understand, there's not a republic either. Basically, the rebellion kicks the empire in the dick. The empire's got to back up. Yeah. But there's never a new republic. The alliance doesn't quite hmm. garner enough support. So what what you end up doing is there's some systems that were friendly to the rebellion, and there's some systems that are like, well, I don't like either of you two. So it's getting a little wild westy out here. So you got the empire and this ragtag group of Girl, people trying yeah. to start a government. Like, basically, what would have happened in the 60s if the hippies had actually won? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The 80s would have happened. They're not gonna take... The our- 80s would have happened, <laughs> which was a fucking Cold War. The hippies won. Wow. The 80s happened. They became awful. Nobody trusted what was going on. People were depressed See, I feel and like angry. The, the heroes, be- like, winning, but... They don't like ultimately things kind of still fall. It's, it's, oh, that's yeah. not automatic. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not, no, that's that's an issue. I'm idea. not opposed yeah. to that at all. Like mm-hmm. I, I do. N- I also hate the idea of like we killed the emp- the emperor. We won. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. 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 fall down crumbled. dead. Yeah, you know that's like not no, happen. that's yeah. stupid too. But yeah. Yeah. It, 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 like special editions yeah. and now like this big celebration no. all over the galaxy. So, and it's dumb. No, no, no. So I don't want like the empire to instantly crumble. My only concern is like the really long mm-hmm. amount of time that has passed and for it to still be the same thing. Well, here's an yeah. interesting wrinkle to that because this ties into another rumor, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, maybe the reason that they never quite got the foothold they wanted is because the central figure and hero of the Rebellion, Luke Skywalker, vanished yeah. shortly thereafter the ends of, of Return of the which, Jedi. how does that happen? But that might, if that might have been the reason why they never quite pushed it over the top, is because they're 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 uh, basically their poster boy just vanished. Yeah. So, so I guess like if if you start putting the piece together as to what this new Star Wars movie is supposed to be about, I guess it would start off with maybe that's the flashback is you get to see Luke. Well, how would you do that? How would you show like young Luke being kidnapped by supposedly the Sith Inquisitor guy? Yeah, I don't think you do. I think. I actually believe that it's going to start with the lightsaber floating through space. I honestly believe because the, uh, we were talking earlier about the. <laughs> I, just, I yeah. know Jimmy's, Jimmy's like just oh, like oh, his teeth. Which we were we were talking earlier about how we could all envision the scene where someone hops up out of the captain's chair of the Millennium Falcon, hauls ass back to the gun turrets, and yeah. you see that all in one take. I I'm thinking of the opening to 2009 Star Trek, which is blackness mm-hmm. and then noises. And then, before you even realize what's actually going on, you know that a camera is pulling back. You didn't know that the camera was pulling back. It just looked like blurs. and as it, Just as a result of the motion of yeah, whatever comes yeah, into the frame. And now you're shapes, like, yeah. And then the camera pulls back and you realize, oh shit, it's a starship. 
That's a I great can, opening shot. I can see that happening. The scroll. Boom. Star Wars. Scrolls up. We get a star field. Something huge comes from the top of the screen. Uh, and we don't realize that what we're looking at is not a starship, but is in fact a very, very close-up shot of a robot hand grabbing a lightsaber. And we didn't realize until after the camera had pulled back far enough for us to realize that. Yeah, because it's an abstract thing. Yeah, yeah you know it's a very, it's, yeah. oh, it's a tiny hand. It's not a spaceship <laughs> going over us. It's a it's baby a, hand. Yeah, it's a tiny little lightsaber yeah. that we've been looking at. It's super close-up, and then, like, some debris from a shattered spaceship flies See, by on top of it. See, is a situation where it's, like, a battle that, like... Yeah I, would like... Ima- yeah, I would think that that hand was attached to somebody that was on a ship that got blown up. And then we're going to follow that hand and lightsaber through the atmosphere. It's going to end up looking like Empire Strikes I was Back, about to I say imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Something's yeah. going to hit the ground, and then from there we're going to cut John to... Boyega is in his new Star tr- Stormtrooper outfit going, yeah. Oh, what's that? Yeah. i got to go check He's it gonna out. He's going to crawl out of a ship like, Fuck this. <laughs> I am done. This is garbage. <laughs> I don't even like these stupid Nike helmets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the rumor, lot. right? John yeah. Boyega, this is another rumor. John Boy- So you have this opening where this lightsaber falls to a planet. It's going to be great. And it may be part of a larger battle. John Boyega is on the side of apparently of the empire he crash lands i believe there is a rumors of a crash spaceship in some yeah. sort of desert city and he climbs out yeah he, he just basically deserts yeah. and then and, but uh, then he bumps into and he bumps daisy into ridley. lucy ridley yeah or but, daisy ridley sorry yeah. daisy ridley and then they go off and have kind of like uh, sexually how you doing kind of like adventures <laughs> i don't yeah. know if they're gonna i don't know necessarily like sideline luke as strong as that because that's not, yeah, that's originally right. they were going to like make the you know the trinity mm-hmm. yeah. backseat Basically, yeah. but now there was now it's essentially conflict. Han's yeah now it's essentially Han's movie yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I yeah. don't think they're just gonna shove those older stars to the side like yeah. that anymore. See, that's why I was suggesting if you start off the movie, you would start off with a quote unquote flashback of young Luke being captured, so at least you see a little bit of Luke. Yeah. But we know we're going to do the whole movie. But we know we're going to see Luke though. Like yeah. we are absolutely going to see him. And yeah, it seems like he's got like his like. It seems like the thing they filmed in Ireland is like his little like, little yeah. retreat. Like, yeah. And the idea the idea of the flashback as it was reported at Latino Review was that. When we see Luke, either Luke is going to kick off the flashback, or whoever he's talking to is going to kick off the flashback, whatever yeah. it is, and that's when we find out. So I think Luke actually has a, a large role to play, but maybe only in the last half hour of the film, well, see, that's because it seems like the entire point of the movie is a quest to find Luke Skywalker, because John Boyega finds the lightsaber, maybe not the hand, but the lightsaber. Something like that, yeah. Daisy Ridley's like, that's a lightsaber. Why do you have one of those? Because there's nothing in the world that should own one of these, and definitely not you. Yeah. And the way the way I sort of imagine it breaking down is that he bumps into Daisy. Daisy's like, "What's up with this lightsaber?" He's like, "Okay, you and me, let's let's go. Let's figure this out." She's like, "I know someone who right. can help us with this." Oh, ring, hey, ring, Dad. Ring. I know yeah, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> ring, ring, ring. He's, like, he's like, "Okay, that's cool. Come pick me up in your ride, right?" The ride shows up. It's an Imperial Star Destroyer. Which, that's, that's what that's from yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know No, about ha- Han's rolling a Star Destroyer. I've heard, I heard that like two months ago. He's rolling what is basically now. It, I'm guessing it'll be painted like with Republic colors. <laughs> but it'll be like a giant ass Super it's Star like Destroyer painted a, with Republic they colors. They from uh, Guardians of Galaxy and he's blasting like Journey tunes on a boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I love the idea of him and Chewie running a giant yeah. Starship yeah. like but, that. But it seems like, it seems like a J.J. Abrams thing to do. To, ha- to make you follow John Boyega he's like, I'm deciding to leave the Empire. And you're like, good for you, man. Oh, you meet, you bump into this girl. You don't know who the girl is. Yeah. She's like, I recognize what that is. And you're like, how come she recognizes what that is? What is that all? I'm going to call somebody who's going to come pick us up and we're going to figure this out. Who the hell is she calling? A Star Destroyer rolls up. You're like, 
oh shit, John Boyega's fucked. <laughs> She's an Imperial spy. They get up on the ship. And who opens the front door was, hey, it's Dad. Dad is Han Solo. <laughs> I like the idea that the ship would actually be empty. It would just be Han and Chewie. Like, it's giant Apparently, they only keep shit together. <laughs> they play like wizard's chess. Yeah. Like, like a giant yeah. version of that big That's hollow chess. It's still holographic, but now it's yeah. just bigger. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I like yeah. the idea. It's I want... their version of getting an HD TV of it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want Han Solo yelling at some guy in engineering. No, no, that goes there, and that, that one, one goes, goes there. there. Yeah. But but I do like the idea then. And, and the other thing that I love about this oh, is it man. turns out that either Han's son uh, has the Millennium Falcon or he lost it just like he Lando lost it. I was and reading it, something else today where somebody was online hinting. It was another one of the rumor forums mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, you may not see, what's his name, uh, Lewin Davis yeah, piloting Oscar at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, Oscar Isaac, but maybe by the end of the film, like, which we, no one's been able to figure out what he might be playing. Yeah, I think Devin yeah. over at Badass Digest suggested that he is going to be flying the Falcon and he's actually going to be rocking a cape. So what? I heard that cool. rumor. Is that like you have to have you have to be a cape owner to actually be able to fly well, the Falcon if you're not on solo? Is that well, like? The, the, I guess the idea is, as the script was morphing into the current shape that it is now, yeah. from when it when it transitioned from what Michael Arndt was doing before he yeah, essentially this is got another fired. Thing where, who knows what this concept are? Which phase of the movie this actually yeah. applies right. to? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. as as they were moving, like characters were getting changed. Gwendolyn Christie is apparently playing a character. That, uh, that Benedict uh, Cumberbatch yeah. was being looked at for. So Gwendolyn Christie is essentially playing Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie. Which that's, which is that's fun to, fine, yeah. yeah. But, you know, so she got gender swapped along the way. The idea was that John Boyega might have been somehow related to Lando Calrissian, and essentially that got changed. But maybe, the, but maybe the idea is that now Oscar Isaac is playing someone who's somewhat related to Lando Calrissian. Yeah, that's the, that's the and, rumor. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Like, well, Lando hooked up with somebody, and so now Lando's that's kid. So, so maybe Well, he is an olive skin guy. You can, you can like, who knows? Yeah, well, exactly, and, and yeah. So maybe he ends up having the Falcon because Han is like, I'm rolling a Star Destroyer now. I guess, Lando, just go ahead and keep it. You didn't ruin it when you blew up the Death Star. Go ahead and have it back. I was cheating when I stole it from you anyway. Yeah. And then Lando ends up just passing down the family car to his kid. And his kid is like, I asked for a computer what or something. What if just you know? got it in storage like on the landing bay inside the star? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Really yeah. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. just made me realize something, though. There's a scene in Return of the Jedi. I totally... You always forget about this, but there's a scene in Return of the Jedi where Han in the he goes, here, take the ship. It's yours. Go fight the battle with it. Yeah. What if he just did just give it back to him? What yeah. if? Because you never That's see Han get the keys Maybe. back. Yeah. Maybe he just gave it back to Lando. No, yeah, man, yeah. like that could have been. That's gonna be the. That's gonna be the funniest way to close that particular question off. It's like, yeah. no, you saw it in Return of the Jedi. He said, yeah. "Take it, it's yours." That's yeah. it. Yeah. And Lando just never gave it back. He's like, "Hey, you, you gave it to <laughs> me." Turns out that was Han's favorite that, satellite that would be dish. Funny, actually. <laughs> Without that satellite dish, he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck it. You might as well just keep it." Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, like, honestly, you, 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 you could keep... argue this question was answered in Return yeah. of the Jedi. And I, I really do like the idea now. The more that I'm talking about it, that Oscar Isaac isn't exactly happy with owning it. <laughs> like he didn't really want it. Like, he wanted something else. He's like, I gotta write, I gotta roll this bucket around. That was a piece of shit 30 years ago. <laughs> I know. Like, no. still rolling this bucket? It God was like, he's like practically in a Model T now. No. Well, you see Dad's it. cape. I'm trying to look cool. This is, my life is shit, man. Uh, well, you see it in um, Re- Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. for 10 seconds. Yeah, you see it for 10 corner, seconds. Yeah. But so this ship is like 60 years old. Yeah, yeah. minimum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. come on. Time. I like the idea of the Millennium Falcon essentially being like uh, Sam Raimi's Oldsmobile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it shows up and gets like, passed why around. Why is anyone still rolling this thing? It's just kind of... Although, if Han dies, is he not going to die uh, at the controls of the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> 
Now, I, I personally think How that the only way like they got out? Harrison Ford back on board with this oh, is they the acceded to every one of his demands. Yeah. And I guarantee yeah. you, one of his demands was, kill me. I agree. Yeah. I think the same thing. I'm, yeah. I'm almost sure Han Solo's going to die, mm-hmm. and my little heart's not going to be able to take it. And yeah. That's mean, also the easiest way to have people freak out about that movie, just even no. from a creative point of perspective. Well, I'm like, I mean, he wanted to die. He yeah, wanted to have Han die a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted to die in Jedi. Yeah. Right. I'm almost sure that they are going yeah. to have Han Solo die. But I think I will be... I'm, I'll be upset, but I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I'll be more upset if they destroy the Millennium Falcon. I yeah. think I'll probably cry in the This theater. is one of the things <laughs> I was arguing about when I first heard that J.J. Abrams was being hired on. I was like, he is going to blow up the Falcon. Yeah. He's going to blow up the Falcon because he's blown up the Enterprise like twice now. And he's only had Star Trek for five years. Yeah. He loves blowing stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. The, the easiest way to get you emotionally invested if you oh, yeah, are a Star Wars yeah. fan is to take something that you like and then explode it. And I that's, that, that's going to work. It will work. I will cry. It's going to be good. If that, ham, if that hamburger crumbles to pieces, people are going to... But see, the reason I, I will argue against that, because I think that by putting giving Han a large spaceship, a mm-hmm. large cruiser that he can fly into something, you get out of that. And also I think the whole, the whole Oscar Isaac character may be here just to take the the, hand, the mantle of the Falcon. The Falcon's so iconic to Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know if you, I think you can actually like I think Conley said you can you can get rid of Han Solo before you can get rid of the Falcon. Well, my mm-hmm. I, I think the the more this goes on, and we know that the focus of the screenplay shifted from what it was originally planned. I think it's possible Han Solo makes it all three movies at this point. I think Luke is in trouble. I th- I think we're going to see Luke Skywalker make the same if, sacrifice Obi Wan Kenobi. Had I was about to, to say if if they're following the Star Wars pattern, then again, but it, we, who knows? Who knows? I do not. Technically, I think Luke struggles with uh, the dark side. Yeah, I think Luke has when he's gone barmy in his exile, mm-hmm. and I think Luke has been playing around with the dark side. Yeah. See, keeping the family line going. Oh, yeah. I, I would. I mean, I, my whole argument is that if they were following the Star Wars pattern, is that this movie starts off with a whole new generation of of mm-hmm. of. of, of, of characters like i said before and yeah the movie starts off with luke skywalker essentially being the obi-wan kenobi character essentially showing up and saying hey kid you want to go on an adventure yeah. and teach you to be a jedi and he gets wiped out at the end and yeah in fact if anything he would show up and say hey uh i got a gift for you <laughs> pulls out op- yeah. opens a box says check it out mm-hmm. and daisy ridley would go i thought you lost this yeah. and he's like uh, i went back to bespin did a little search and here's my father's lightsaber yeah and you know and like yeah there's a whole you know i don't know there's but they're not doing that because like i said with such a focus for the old characters coming back they're not necessarily following that formula yeah, of like yeah. a so clean I, break with new characters who knows what they're gonna yeah, do I think but i agree if i uh, that that would admit mm-hmm. yeah I, I think i think luke is the one on the chopping block i think leia leia is probably gonna end up being a, a much smaller role after this one i don't think they're gonna kill her um, I think Han might end up taking more of a backseat, but I think he's going to be a prominent person for the next two movies. I think Hamill, as Luke Skywalker, either dies at the end of this movie or dies at the beginning of the next movie, and either way, he's going to end up being the inspiration for both Daisy Ridley and John Boyega to start a new Jedi Order. Because a lot of people seem to be upset with the idea that Luke isn't Superman at this point, right. and that he hasn't trained a small army of Jedi. See, that's that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of interesting to think that 30 years in the future and there's no yeah. more Jedi in the world. No, absolutely no Jedi. Yeah. Like, Luke was the last and Luke's been gone. Yeah. And, and there's also, no one to train. And I can't, the other thing that I think is interesting to me is the idea that would the galaxy even be receptive to the idea of Jedi coming back? I've talked about this before mm-hmm. myself. I yeah. I don't think is, Luke would be either. Like, yeah. I think, like, when they were talking about him filming in that temple or whatever, in yeah. that little island, like, my dream scenario was it was him in the dark 
mm-hmm. chatting with the Force Ghosts of Yoda, Qui-Gon yeah. and Obi-Wan. Yeah. I mean, like... Well, Anakin, too, being you like, got that. Man, we really fucked up the last time. <laughs> we don't need to bring back this Jedi Order. Yeah. So let's talk about this for a long time. And, and keep in mind, I was the if you look at the way that Revenge of the Sith is structured, Darth Vader spent, really, is left, and with the enduring impression that the Jedi... Uh, tried to kill his boss. Yeah. yeah, he's never disabused of that notion. No, he gets ever. tricked into thinking they were the gonna Jedi. Assassinate, yeah, what's his face? The he, Jedi never yeah. get their reputation back at any yeah. point in mm-hmm. the in those in the in that saga. And also, yeah, I think you're. I also remember also that Luke was not a very good Jedi. If you look at the way they used to be in the prequels, the one good thing, the one great thing about those prequel movies is you get to see Jedi do all kinds of crazy stuff, and yeah. Luke can't do any of that. Well, to be fair, the Maybe Jedi in the good. prequel tril- trilogy are pretty shitty Jedi, though. Compared <laughs> to what everyone thought the Jedi were gonna be, yeah. that they were gonna be these wandering, you know, space samurai, and they just turned out to be a bunch of weird, sexless old men in bathrooms waiting to mm-hmm. uh, abduct children inside their <laughs> own. Yeah. Literally inside an ivory temple. No, the Jedi tower. order is fucked. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. one of the biggest things I want... Uh, out of this is a new direction for the Jedi that is yeah. not I always think that's on what the, we're gonna get. Uh, yeah. like a little bit more that's, gray. Th- that's a great way to almost gray. like meta in a, from mm-hmm. a meta perspective yeah. rejigger the Jedi is Luke comes comes out and says you know I'm gonna reestablish the Jedi Order and you use this as an excuse okay why well, I, we talked about this on the last podcast where yeah. I talked about like this just, technically the sequel trilogy should be about why did what was the whole point of the uh, prophecy of the one mm-hmm. and why right. did the force need to be balanced? Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy would like reveal because like the, the like the Jedi had to be rejiggered and like the Jedi have to be of the world. They're not going to be in an ivory tower. My, and all my, shit. my and, hope like, is that you can actually draw a legitimate religious parallel. It's like it's one thing to believe in God, and it's one thing to believe and be inspired by the example set by a bunch of different religious uh, figures and use that to go forth and do good. Yeah. It's another to so buy into the dogma that you don't even realize you're ruining the world around you with your fucking religious yeah. bullshit. Yeah, exactly. yeah. On some yeah. level, that's kind of, if there is an idea in the prequels, and mostly I always, Sith is the only one to me that actually has yeah. any real thematic strength, is that, of the pre of the prequel movies, is that that is it. I mean, the Empire kind of, the Old Republic kind of needed to crumble in that film. Yeah. It is stayed and tired and... Yeah. And and there's a little bit of corruption. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. in the Jedi, there's a bit of uh, complacency. Yeah. Well, the Jedi Order itself, as they presented it in the prequels, is fucked up. Yeah. Like the like you said, they're like they're, taking they're children the from yeah. their families and like raising them to like everything is black and white and you yeah. can't love anybody and don't have feelings. So this is and, like this, this yeah. is why I loved the, the Clone Wars series so much. Not only mm-hmm. because it actually delivered on the promise that I wanted from the prequels with characters like Ahsoka Tano and mm-hmm. Asajj Ventress, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It ends officially. I'm not counting the the lost season, but it ends officially with the best example of a Jedi in that entire show, Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. willingly choosing to tell the Jedi Council to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. which is exactly what should have happened. And she just yes. walks away and disappears. Yeah, and that's yeah. Like, yeah. like you yeah. could have made Anakin Skywalker so much more compelling as a character if he was the one who had at some point told the Jedi Council to fuck off. Yeah, and then you're with him. And then it goes sour for him. And yeah. then you're like, oh, Anakin, why did you go that far? Yeah. You were on the right path. You told them to take a fucking hike. And now it's yeah. now it's awful and terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that order absolutely needed to be wiped because yeah. it was garbage. It's messed up, yeah. yeah. This brings up an interesting, the other big rumor that I think we need to discuss, which is, so basically maybe you have a situation where Luke almost doesn't, 
he he is drift. He's adrift because he doesn't really know if he how he wants to bring everything back. Let's suppose that's a possibility, um, or he's been captured. But yeah. this brings up another. This is an important part here. Is the Inquisitors apparently a a group of Sith warriors are apparently a big part of this film as the villains. And my theory from what everything I've heard is that they are they were given orders before Darth Vader died to kind of try yeah, and either resurrect the Emperor, the yeah, exactly. maybe resurrect oh, the Emperor one? or something like that. I, I don't, Did I don't, they do that in the Dark Horse comics? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, don't, I don't think I don't think it has anything to do so much with resurrecting the Emperor. I think, but they're trying to establish some. They're they're retconning in the presence of force using bad guys that aren't necessarily Sith, but yeah. we'll learn Kip from with, Sith. Sith with a capital. Yeah, yeah, and that's essentially yeah. how Rebels is fitting into this. Rebels is sort of making that retcon more believable. The Inquisitor with the yeah, Inquisitor with, character. With the Inquisitor, and so the idea is that, um, and this is how Dave Filoni explained it. Uh, I think was at Comic Con. I don't know. It might. I read it in. I definitely read it in an interview uh, over on Slash Film. He explained it uh, as such. Vader and the Emperor can hunt down Jedi, and they probably did immediately after the Clone Wars. And then at some point, they're like, "These people are too small fry for us to go personally kill. Yeah. We got to worry about building this giant, you know, tangerine yeah. in outer space that can blow up planets." <laughs> yeah, once you've exterminated enough Jedi, you really can't like yeah. go with tweezers searching the whole galaxy. And essentially, yeah, they're exactly. outsourcing it. Like, okay, you're force sensitive. What we're going to do is we're going to train you to be just good enough to maybe train some other people. And you guys, you go out and you find someone who's Force-sensitive and you either corrupt them to our side or you kill them. All right? And that's what you do. Shoot, go. Go fly, fly. Fly and be free. Essentially sort of Force-sensitive bounty hunters. Uh, yeah, essentially. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, and, so, like and so while Vader is off like, okay, I'm, I need to find out about the Skywalker kid. And while the Emperor is like, I gotta build myself another outer space tangerine to blow up more planets because I'm super creative. <laughs> Damn it. While, while they're yeah. working on those two things... They're, you know, checking with the Inquisitors. Have you found any more Force-sensitive people? Are any of them decent enough that we need to come out there and handle things? No, you got it? You got it? Okay, good. And that's essentially the idea of these Inquisitors. And I guess what what's supposed to be happening with the sequel trilogy is that uh, <laughs> when Vader and the Emperor go, these guys are like, oh, shit, now what? And the idea is that they swoop in, they grab Luke, because he is the last Jedi. And then I don't know what That's they do point. with him yeah. for thirty years. Yeah, but I don't know about that. Yeah, the, what if they've the, been turning him to the dark side? Yeah, well, I you know, guess Stockholm I'm, syndrome. I'm, I'm pretty okay with more force using bad guys. Yeah, just because that was also one of my huge problems with the prequels is the idea of there only ever being two Sith is two. fucking dumb. So, <laughs> like yeah. that's so stupid. He like, painted himself how, into a corner for no real ex dramatic reason. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a couple instances. It's so of dumb. That. Like, like yeah. a, a lot of the like super black and white of everything. Like it is just pisses me off yeah. like the like if you have feelings you're evil like sexlessness of the of the prequel trilogy where yeah feelings and sex and any attachment to anybody is bad because he went through a divorce and he had to like pull mm. that through the warp right anyway, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's just dumb and they're yeah. only ever being two sith is dumb so i'm fine with them kind of retconning that and saying like no there could be more yeah. Yeah. dark jedi basically dark force users well the thing that lends like, that so. credence too is the fact that you know we, they've already shown that the Sith Inquisitor is going to be a bad guy in the, in the Rebels right. thing so it makes yeah. sense they would kind of tie that yeah. into the movie and again then who knows of, if that turns out to be true but like that mm -hmm. that adds weight to that yeah. spoiler and then all of this ties into what appears to be according to the rumor mill and again Bob you probably know more about the legitimacy of this than anybody else but mm. at this table ah. but the <laughs> whole idea that once again maybe this all somehow ties into yet another uh, solar system destroying weapon yeah that's that basically. Was and this time around, was it? That one. <laughs> no, they, they had a weapon that destroyed a planet. 
this thing can destroy a whole solar system. Yeah, basically, I'm guessing it'll be, to, my guess like, is it'll be able to destroy stars. Yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. blow up a star and they the star They had something called like out. the star fucker or something like that. <laughs> I remember they, they were specifically supposed to be a small teardrop shaped ship that could like fly into a sun and blow it up from the no, entire... Yeah, that yeah, was actually yeah. not... But that's the thing with them, them uh, sun excising crusher. the... Ex- it was called yeah. the sun That's crusher. what it was. I hope not. It's actually kind of close. No, but it's funny to think that with the extended universe being kiboshed, they could actually kind of nitpick pieces. They are. And they are. They're absolutely doing it. So how does everyone feel about them once again. I mean, you, they got crap for in Jedi reaching for the Death Star again. How does everybody feel about them once again reaching for an apocalyptic weapon no, as, as the big? Nah, uh, no. I, I'm okay with it if it's if it's presented decently. The idea of this thing seems to be that it's the weapon that is destroying an entire solar system is also at the same time destroying the planet. Like they're, it's using the planet itself and uh-huh. all of its resources. And then converting that energy to something completely destructive, which on a thematic level is completely different than the Death. When the Death Star was created, it was like, here is a machine going out. It's completely machine made. It represents the evil of man. Yeah. And it is going Monolithic out and, evil. Yeah. yeah. And it is going to wipe out all sense of, uh, you know, romance and love and nature and all the things that we love in humanity. And it's just going to float in like this giant ball of, of human ambition and kill everything. And this is sort of different in that it's going to take something that has already been there, that already has its own ecosystem, it's going to suck it all up and ruin it. And not only is it going to ruin the planet, but that planet is then going to be turned into a weapon that ruins an entire solar system. So it's a Disney metaphor? Which, essentially. By the way, could be a larger metaphor for whatever may have happened to Luke in this film. Possibly. Why would the Sith Inquisitors be into that? If they're all into, like, destroying, like, Force-sensitive people, why don't they just, like... uh, Do they not create, like, something that can destroy the Force or destroy, like... And what what I like about these sorts of questions is that on the one hand, it's like, okay, well, this, this, these are good steps to sort of test these rumors and maybe, like, this one sounds bullshit. I don't want to believe in it. But it's also, if, if some of these story things inspire this many questions, that's not necessarily a bad thing because that gives the movie more meat. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You know, and, and it could make the movie itself more interesting in how it answers those questions. Because if the first thing I think is, why the fuck is Luke gone for 30 years? That better be, like, a really interesting answer. See, that is an interesting twist. I mean, that's yeah. why it, yeah. this is, like, hung on to so mm-hmm. many people's imagination. Because that yeah. is, like, that's interesting. And it's not, it's not what people would have expected. No. Yeah, same, with the, yeah. same with the hand holding a lightsaber. You're like, whose lightsaber is that? Is that the hand in the J.J. Abrams picture that he posted? Do you think that's... So, yes. Someone has heard that either, either that's the hand that's going to be from the opening. That makes more sense, Or it's then. the hand from this cyborgian bad guy. But I right. think it's Luke's hand because it's got the same yeah, little wrist. It's got the same he's, little wrist gears. He's just being cheeky. Yeah. All those yeah. rumors started coming out, and so he's just yeah. being a cheeky dick. He's just <laughs> like, oh, I see yeah. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cheeky dick. I see you suckers. By the way, you guys brought up an interesting... <laughs> talking about how yeah. the Death Star... You know, the metaphors and uh, were so clean in the mm. first two Star Wars movies. Yeah. Especially the first one. And uh, episode, you know, four, by which I mean episode four. And it's interesting that um, you bring up that, the fact that Conley brought up something really interesting. That, that metaphor got very confused in the prequels because mm-hmm. the Death Star was represented the machine state anal- and that analytical stuff, a sort of sexlessness. Mm-hmm. And then, as you pointed out, Conley, in the prequels, the problem was that the Jedi also seemed to be part of the machine state. Yeah. They sat around in a circle and were super analytical and asexual and seemed detached from their environment. And yeah. I wonder if this is an attempt to restore, the, the, by making the weapon itself a planet, yeah. and that sense of corruption, I wonder if they're trying to restore that sense of yeah. metaphor. And, and uh, you were talking briefly about Clone Wars and mm-hmm. things you liked about it. The, um, I also wanted to point out one of the things that I liked that they just 
a little bit started to touch on in the Clone Wars cartoon was it always bothered me that the Jedi, who are supposed to be these peacekeepers, like, turned into basically, like, an yeah, army generals, that are, yeah, like, yeah. like, cutting people down. And all the only the justification place. needed to be a general was to be a Jedi, too, Right, which exactly, really which like, is yeah. really dumb. And there were a couple episodes in the Clone Wars cartoon that touched on that, and are like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're supposed mm-hmm. to be, like, this, like, <laughs> yeah. peaceful yeah. whatever. And so I liked that they touched on that a little bit, and... I'm again like my biggest hope for this is a a retooling of the Jedi as a whole yeah, to be yeah. less. But maybe that's what Luke. Yeah. That's an interesting brings up another interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And again, why this Luke disappearing thing is interesting. What if Luke was struggling with that? What mm-hmm. if he didn't know what to do and thus just said, "I'm out. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. go think yeah. about this for See, thirty years in a cave too. on yeah. an yeah. Irish yeah. island." Exactly. That's what yeah. Jimmy's. Self imposed yeah. 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 is more interesting to me than him. He just gets captured and just put in a cell for thirty years. Yeah. But like, ah. Well, I think that him having some kind of identity crisis and essentially choking. In addition to being kind of perfect for Luke, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. is uh, is an it raises a lot of interesting questions. Turns. Maybe he, and maybe he gets called out of retirement. This new threat is is the first thing that's enough to call him out of retirement. He's been looking for power converters. That <laughs> years. He found Tashi Station and yes. he decided to stay. <laughs> I sort of like the idea of him as like Hey Mitch Abernathy. <laughs> Essentially, like he's just sort of getting drunk. He's like, man, man, it's fucked up. I had to burn my dad. <laughs> And yeah. teddy bears like just they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he's, like, man. he's like, I came back to the party and Lando is dancing with a teddy bear and there's teddy bears <laughs> playing the xylophones on stormtrooper heads and I'm supposed to be like we're celebrating this yeah. and then I saw my dead dad. My dead dad, dad keeps on watching me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, all the ghosts look younger than me now. And I would talk to my sister, but she's in control of the whole galaxy and I and like I kissed her and that's just weird. I don't want to like. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, reasons Luke would have to just go. I'm out. You guys, he's you're like, good. I saved the galaxy. I've had enough. I'm gonna go take. Maybe he doesn't think, maybe he thinks, uh, we discussed this last time we did a podcast, maybe he's just like, the world doesn't need Jedi. Oh yeah, I'm out. that's exactly where it is. Yeah, I think that's interesting, Jim. See, that's why I was a little bit, because when when the rumors came out that uh, the Mm -hmm. hero would be, supposedly the rumor would be that the the hero of the sequel trilogy would be, you know, Han Leia's kid, and that would suggest that, like, you know, they probably raised her as she's running around the galaxy for 30 years, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that she would become this super worldly person, and I like the idea that she would become the hero, whereas Luke was this person who was like pretty much cast off on this on this desert farm yeah. and grew up in isolation. Should be the opposite, this person of the world, and that would be the perfect person for uh, Luke to come and say, "Hey, here's a lightsaber. Would you like to be yeah. the, like you know?" Well, and it, it seems like what's torch, but like yeah, it'd be a more worldly light. Yeah. Uh, Jedi it seems order. like what's and, happening with this one is that Daisy is Daisy Ridley is playing a, a solo character who is. I don't know, probably like a little bit mischievous, but also sort of drifting in her own way. I don't get. The I sense. guess so. Yeah. I don't get. I don't get the sense that she's got any real specific direction. And John Boyega is more like the Luke character, except you know, what if Luke had actually joined the academy instead of just dreaming about joining the academy? <laughs> what if Luke had actually that. joined the academy and then halfway through was like, "Oh God, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm an asshole." I think that's what we're gonna get in yeah. Rebels though with Ezra. Yeah, they, like show him with like the training helmet on. There's like all the other little kids around mm-hmm. him and all that stuff. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I like the idea so. of a lot of these characters not only having more humanity than a lot of the characters in the prequels did, because that's yeah. we, we've talked about that at length already yeah. uh, here today. But, I mean, the idea of re- restoring a lot of these characters uh, to, to the humanity that we enjoyed so much in mm-hmm. Star Wars and Empire, uh, and having them sort of deal with the idea of personal responsibility. Like, that that gives you stakes. Like, you, you don't have to blow up an entire star system. Right. Like, the fact that John Boyega wants to be a better person 
that in and of itself is You're enough to propel you him more than yeah. anything. That's enough to propel quest. you through a movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, he wants to get this lightsaber back to this Luke Skywalker guy. He's talking to Luke Skywalker's niece yeah. and Luke Skywalker's best friend about what was going on. And he's like, I need to be that kind of person. And while ever, whatever's happening in the galaxy is going on, that's going to spur him to like, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make right the things that I have been doing wrong as part of the system that is oppressing these people. Do you think and that makes oh, that makes sense for Abrams too? Because yeah. if, you, if there's one through line in Abrams, a lot of Abrams movies, it's someone struggling with the identity of what their place is in the world and what their job is. Yeah. Yeah, like Spock struggling to, yeah. from Alias to Spock struggling with his identity is a big part of his films. Yeah. Also to like even in Mission Impossible, his yeah. first Mission Impossible movie is about Tom Cruise going, I think I'd like to settle down and have a have a wife now. All the characters mm-hmm. are you lost, know? which you know yeah. Yeah. Cruise wasn't responsible for much beyond yeah. the pilot, but still like that was so much yeah. about like, like a, a big the show is called Lost. Yeah. The characters are lost. You a know, big theme of uh, yeah. Star Trek, and that's I think my main touchstone for thinking about how this movie might play out because. 2009 Star Trek is essentially Star Wars yeah. Yeah. and Star Trek. Exactly. That's what, yeah. when, when Abrams was first announced, Jimmy was like, I don't want to see this because I've already seen Abrams' yeah. Star Wars movie and yeah. it was called Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, a, a, lot of, a lot of Star Trek is about Kirk being a fuck-up and wanting to be better than that. Yeah. And that that's a huge reason that movie ends up working because you want to like Kirk and you want him to not be as big of a fuck-up as he is. So you're happy when he finally decides to stop screwing around buckle down and yeah. be the person that he could be and I think that's gonna be what we see with John Boyega there's, and maybe to a lesser extent Oscar Isaac there's also a funny flip that you know people were giving into darkness shit because there's a scene where they essentially have a Millennium Falcon ship and they're flying around on the Klingon homeworld yeah. it'd be funny if the new Star Wars movie actually opens with Han and, uh, and Chewie essentially on a giant Enterprise ship yeah. on a big capital ship just kind of like well we don't have the Millennium Falcon anymore but I guess we have this big thing where I guess, uh, I guess we'll tell someone to, that we should go forward or something like that but yeah that, that'd what be kind of funny if they do Super Star Destroyer. I, know, I like want Chewie to be wearing toilet. a little uniform. <laughs> I want him to be just wearing a little outfit. And he's really kind of uncomfortable, but he puts up with it because he still loves well, I heard that he's got one of those little hats on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard that he is whooping ass on that Ireland planet, though. Like, really? at some point, stormtroopers uh. end up on that planet. Or maybe it's the forest planet. So at some point, they're going to end up on the forest planet, which is also that Supposedly ice planet. Supposedly with snow flame planet. troopers. Yeah, there will be the snow troopers have flame throwers. Yeah. And Chewie is whooping ass on that planet at some point, so. Yeah. We finally uh, get to see the scene because originally the Ewoks were going to be Wookiees. Wookiees. And so basically, yeah. I there's a little bit of, like, let's get that scene in there that we always well, we got a little to bit of that yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah. 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 Uh Can you kill Han without killing uh, uh, Chewie? Chewie? Yeah. I think, How do you I, pull I, that I, off? You could. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're going to keep Han alive, you're going to keep Chewie alive as well. Yeah. Here's one of my big questions that I haven't quite seen come out yet. I'm I would lay good money that Han and Leia aren't together anymore. That Ooh. would be interesting. Oh. What? I would. I don't know. Doing? But I'm guessing Leia's busy doing her thing. He's busy doing his thing. I'm, and... I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with Leia yeah. in this movie. Like, I yeah. can make guesses about everyone else. That's, but no I'm, one's even, even but contemplating I'm it. I'm really, yeah. really interested to see what they yeah. do with Leia. Yeah. yeah I, I, I do... Yeah. That would be yeah. that would be a bit of a... I, I don't want to make a comparison to Alien 3, but I know there are quite a few Star Wars fans who would be like, wait, so Luke's been gone for 30 years and Han and Leia still aren't together? Yeah. Or they like, got a divorce. That, that, <laughs> for, for, for them, that's going to be like... Oh, so whatever happened in Aliens doesn't matter because Hicks is dead. Right. Bishop got turned, got pulped, and and Newt drowned. That's how we're gonna open the movie. Like, there, you might end up if that's what happens with Episode Seven. You might have a, a, a significant chunk well, of the Star Wars fandom just fold their arms and say nope and not roll. With I can guarantee that's not gonna happen. I think it was on the Full Sith podcast. I yeah. I couldn't remember like where they were interviewing. 
uh, one of the writers for, I don't know if it was a writer, but I, part of this, uh, uh, the new uh, story group that they yeah. have. And the guy was talking about, uh, he, in working on Rebels, this is an interview that was recorded at Comic-Con, he was talking about, uh, I didn't realize that this is supposedly what happened was, uh, George Lucas actually started building the story group as a part of uh, uh, getting the whole Star Wars universe in order to sell to Disney. So supposedly mm -hmm. this guy was talking about, Again, I can't remember if it was on Felicity or, yeah. or what, but he was talking about there was a, like they spent a couple weeks with George Lucas and him and a couple other writers, uh, just kind of mapping out the general idea of what the sequel right. trilogy would be about. And they said they had a whiteboard where they had all the sequel trilogy movies, the ideas for the the, the three spinoff films up on a whiteboard. And they, he specifically said like you know it was crazy sitting there with George Lucas plotting out the future of Star Wars, and you had you know like na the names Han, Leia, and Luke up on the board trying to figure out what's going to happen to who. So, but so if that's true, and George Lucas did ha like have any say onto the future of these characters. His whole thing was he wanted Lu uh, Han and Leia to, uh, you know, to be together. So I doubt that he would want them to be divorced in the sequel trilogy. I however, can see Abrams doing that. However, here's one thing I'll I'll, I'll I'll say as the caveat to that, as we've all identified, you know, this is this movie now exist that the fact that this exists has been a little bit confusing to everyone from the get go. No one ever guessed they would do this. Yeah, exactly. Because. Yeah. This film is what happens after Happily Ever After. Mm -hmm. I think they have to run at that problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, I that, think that you can't be just... Because cool, yeah. if you don't run at it and say, well, actually, it's a little more complicated than that, then you're doing that thing where you're just trying to sustain a vibe of Happily yeah. Ever After. Well, you have to play with that you idea. Could, you could have Han and Leia be separated, but not, like, divorced or not yeah. actually fighting. Right. But here, here, here's my comparison. Uh, Han Solo is Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Leia is Hillary. Yeah, I yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. and I, I could see that being the thing. Like, okay, they're not really hanging out, and maybe they don't even really like each other all that uh -huh. much. Still seeing more of a uh, uh, Chewie than he's seeing of uh, Leia. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Leia's handling hers <laughs> over there in the Senate, or maybe she's actually running whatever the alliance is, if, if they're even going to call it a republic, whatever yeah. they're going to call it. She's busy wrestling with that whole deal, and Han's got his ship, and he's you know he's doing the good that he can do as sort of like a spokesperson, as sort of a mascot. Yeah. Yeah. But imagine what Han is like. Like, I'm a mascot now. <laughs> I'm I... rolling around with my big fat dog over here. I got like the idea of Chewie having a pot belly, by the way. Like, Chewie's, <laughs> Chewie's got a little, a little, little bit. Yeah, he's got, he's got a little gray and a little tub ears. Like, <laughs> <laughs> too many ice cream sandwiches. Years. I don't know. 30 years for a uh, Wookiee isn't that much, but it's been a long 30 years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just kind of rolling around, like, doing the Goodwill tour in an Imperial <laughs> Star Destroyer. Like, when uh, the dare cops roll up to your school in a, in a Corvette or something. <laughs> don't do drugs, so guys. So you're saying what happens is, is the beginning of Star Wars 7 is actually opening up Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Where they're going yeah. around doing birthday parties for like, yeah. yes. well, what would you like to, what would you like to see Leia be like in the, in the... I'm hoping that she is like kind of running things more, that she'd be a little bit more of a political figure, yeah. but I do still, like, I don't want her to see her as like a full Jedi per se mm -hmm. or anything like that. I mean, technically like, you could, I, there's no reason why you couldn't. No, well, I... Because no one's, no one's there to train her. No, I still well, want, I, I still want to see her have like train in the force somewhat and that kind of thing. I want to see her have those abilities, but I'd prefer that she be like a person of, of great influence within yeah, the galaxy, yeah, yeah. because yeah. that's more her... Yeah, and thing, I, actually, like, so. speaking speak, speak of her days point, of Jedi yeah. training on her, technically. Yeah. <laughs> See, I li what I like is the idea that uh, we're only presented Leia as a political figure, mm -hmm. and if they do want to bust out, that she has force powers. That's, they, that's yeah, there, though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, what I want. Hold that yeah. shit back, and then yeah. all of a sudden, she is she ends up fighting the way we all thought yep. Yoda was going to fight in the prequels. Yeah. Like, yeah. That would be nice if she yeah. somehow that, 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 that 
no, no, how no, he no, thought, no, no, not no. how he did. How but, oh, I just see her there, badges there, like, no, 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 there no, no, are no, seeds of that in in the exactly what I want. There are seeds of that though in Empire Strikes Back. I mean, remember when he reaches out to Leia and they have a mental connection? Yeah, maybe she's key to helping find Luke. Yeah, maybe that psychic connection is used again. If you want to drive people crazy, you either make Leia the villain. <laughs> or you make her the hero, Luke's the villain. Yeah. Because you yeah. still have the hero thing, gotta yeah. destroy or something. The, the, the yeah, the if you just really just want to tweak apart. some nipples, I'm not saying that's the best case scenario yeah. or anything like that, but if you still wanted to make a family affair... Mm. Well, I mean, there's 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 been a, like that, a, a low li- uh, a low level rumor that I don't think anyone's actually sourced back to anything of, of any substance, but there's been a low-level rumor that Adam Driver is another solo kid. Hmm. I could see that. So really? yeah, like like Adam Driver is the kid that went loot. bad. <laughs> yeah, and hey then, dad. Yeah, it went off. And got off. He's tall enough. Wouldn't he be like uh, uh, Chewie's kid? That's I what I was saying too. To I don't say. think he's hairy enough to be Chewie's. Just, just guy cannot costume. He man. can't grow a beard. There's no way he's got any Chewie in him. I still love that they have the guy who did Spruce. <laughs> Adam's a great <laughs> actor though. Adam Driver's a great actor. He's awesome. Well, yeah, I like Bucky and Oscar. Well, actually, the whole again we talked about this before, but the whole cast is I'd like it. Yeah, it's a murderer's row cast. It's a great cast. Oh, fuck. Uh, anyway. Last night was saying they heard uh, uh, Mon Calamari was going to be one of the main characters. That's all. I forgot to write that down, yeah. supposedly. like, But now, because somebody... Well, this also the same thing I saw was the person complaining, because I guess in the uh, Clone Wars they retconned it, so it's no longer called Mon Calamari. It's called It's Dak. Mon Cal. Yeah, no, it was Mon... The, the rumor is that they're calling the planet Dak. I don't... Dak? I don't care what they fucking call the planets. I don't like... Yeah, Wasn't I, I guess, Dak the gunner there, 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 there was a minor controversy when, like... The Sith homeworld got its name changed in Clone Wars. I'm like, who right. fucking okay. who yeah. cares? Yeah. By the way, you can and you can also anything can have a bunch of names. They the thing I'm I'm more interested in making sure they get character and yeah. larger. Oh yeah, dramatic yeah. thrust. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is just you can you can yeah. fan wank any of that stuff. Yeah. Make the, a Millennium Falcon to make pink. sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't care. Something I'm, cool better happen on it though. That's yeah, what I'm worried about. I don't I don't care what the name of the planet is. I don't care what color the ship is. I don't care how the wings pop open. I give no shits. What I care about is whether something cool happens on yeah. those. And that new that yeah. new X wing. And that's a fun thing it. is they're getting back to the McQuarrie sketches because yeah. that's one of the early McQuarrie sketches. Everything about Rebels and everything about Episode Man, Seven is just are. basically they just unzipped Ralph McQuarrie's head. Yeah. yeah. And then shot everything that was inside of it out like an air. They are lucky the, that they have that mountain of resource material to fall back yeah. on because yeah. that, that is automatically that's automatic geek. Yeah. Just, just, just well, currency just, it's right gold. there. Well, it's, yeah. it's visual gold. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, this will work. This will make it feel like those yeah. old movies. Well, right? just yeah. even like the, the the droid from uh, Rebels. He's pretty much the same. when R two was supposed to have yeah, more of a squatter thing, where he's got like little arms and, and shit sticking oh, out yeah. and stuff like that. that I, I want to yeah. ask Conley about this because last time we did this show, Conley was very upset about Rebels and really not looking forward to it. Now we've seen a lot more of the show. Now the first seven minutes have been leaked. There's a, it seems like it's got a buoyancy and fun. You're still skeptical. Yes. Why? I don't like any of the stuff I've seen in it. I don't like any of the characters. I don't like don't like it. It's, don't like it's it. Star Wars Firefly, which is interesting because Firefly was, well, was okay, a Star like, Wars yeah. riff, so but it, it, it's it's straight up Star I, Wars Firefly. The seven minutes that I saw, I was like, "That's Mal. That's Zoe. That's Jane." I, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. like any of the characters. I'm incredibly skeptical. What I'm hoping will happen is that the first season, even if I don't like it, that I didn't like the first season of Clone Wars either. Oh, yeah. no, so was, I'm hoping that they'll kind of like learn as they go and yeah, that the yeah, show yeah. will get better as it goes on. I, I Filoni seems to be good at that. But, I, I would uh, say like the, the first seven minutes of Clone Wars, or not Clone Wars, of Rebels, seemed far better to me than anything I saw 
in in season one of Clone Wars. Yeah. Like all, already in those seven minutes, I was like, they've got a better handle on this than they did when Clone I Wars was. I hate the yeah. pink Mandalorian. I yeah. hate asshole R two D two. I hate <laughs> like I. Rub, 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 rub. I the Hamburglar R two. I've okay, so we got an advanced copy of the book that ties into Rebels. And I was really impressed by how much you love that book so far. <laughs> you have some good things to say about that You really that had book. some great things to say about that <laughs> yeah. book. Yeah, so I'm, I'm halfway through it, and it has Kanan, just the, like, cowboy, cowboy Jedi, Jedi yeah. and Hera, and Kanan is incredibly unlikable, yeah. and they're trying to make him, like, a cool dude. Who's is he like, drinking at bars and stuff yes. like that? Yeah. Like, just, like, yeah. getting into fights? He's yeah. Mal. He's Mal Reynolds. Right. And it doesn't mm. work. Like, they want to make him, like, this cool Han Solo dude, but he's just an asshole and weirdly sexist, and mm. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, he's, like, the his first appearance is him, like, trying to hit on, like, a female Imperial officer in a really weird way of him, like, what are you wearing? And then they have I'm like. Imperial, what do you think I'm wearing? They have like. It's a um, fucking uniform. You haven't seen one of these? It's a gray bomb. Dressed like a refrigerator. Like what are you doing? I know what they're trying to do, but it's not done well. And the whole. I don't know. Show. Dumb. And this is a book, so it's different from the show. Hmm. But just saying. You read us some prose, and that prose was. It sounded like yeah. a stereo instruction. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that was rough. And then the, the the whole book is weirdly sexist in a lot of ways, and a lot mm. of the ways they treat the lady characters. Uh, Hera is also in it, who's the green Twi'lek lady mm -hmm. um, pilot. And she first shows up, she's on like a secret mission on the planet. And so she gets onto the planet by like charming the stormtroopers and being like, Oh, I'm sorry, it's my first day, I forgot oh, my really? ID. And then, like, that's unfortunate, right? And Even then, if this is gonna be Firefly, you would never see Zoe do that. No, like, uh, no, yeah. but then pulls the like strong female character bullshit. Like, then she gets there, and one of the stormtroopers, like, isn't buying it, so she round kicks him to the face. And then it's like, I guess charm doesn't work on everybody, and like, oh boys, <laughs> like, yeah. fuck this. But and this is your big concern going into Rebels is you want you, you felt like when we were talking about this last week, you, yeah, your last time we did the show, is you. You were worried that they, they found all these nuances and roundedness to the male characters and they didn't bother to do that for yes. the women. They're, yeah. you, they're just tight. Well, when they were yeah. showing the different, like, um, when they were showing the character profiles, the thing that hugely turned me off the show is every one of the male characters that they showed, they're like, here's their story, here's how they tie together, here's their character arc. And then the women characters, they show the pink Mandalorian dumb, they're like, she's sassy and fun. She likes, and she's artistic. She, she likes graffiti. Art. <laughs> like and then no, yeah, like, it's, I've not been able to watch it with this. Yeah, uh, show Hera and her like she's, she's the mom. The mom of yeah. the ship. That's the like, only thing I know is that she's green. Uh, she's the mom. Yeah. yeah so that's, like, you, 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 I hadn't really thought about it uh, that distinctly, but you, you are right. In those little character things that they show, yeah. it's like. This is how he is. This is what he's like. Right. These Here's are the, how he's important these, these, these to the, the These are the way. Yeah. These are the ways that he works. This is how he clicks. Even and also, this is his arc. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. that. Yeah. And then when it comes to the two women, it's, she likes graffiti. Yeah. She flies the ship. It's what do what do they do, and that's it. Great. Yeah. It's marketing. It's not you know. Yeah. It's it still does not bode well. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, and it's yeah. I mean not not to make excuses for Lucasfilm because Lord knows nobody needs to. It's not like not to make excuses for one of the giant multimedia conglomerates <laughs> of our time or yeah. anything. But I mean they they have been 
playing in a specific little boy sandbox for 30 years and they're only just now starting to figure out how to stumble outside of it it's gonna be a while before they oh, start to get their bearings they as to how to treat it with like yeah. the in Clone Wars the Mandalorian lady who was uh, Satine's sister was rad yeah. like she we was didn't get, we didn't get to see her hardly at all but she was cool she was yeah. cool and like how can you go from that to this like mm-hmm. Satine had a sister I totally forgot about mm-hmm. that yeah, okay. yeah. but Satine herself Death and Watch. like other yeah. just yeah. Uh, yeah so the, yeah. the, the the hope is that you look at Clone Wars and you're like, they figured it out as they went. And luck, thank God they did, because Asajj Ventress and Ahsoka Tano are the reason you watch yeah, that show. Absolutely. absolutely the reason. So you hope that as we go along, it maybe won't be so little boy-centric, and that they're going to round out these that, female characters. The reason I hoped is that the Yoda of the sequel trilogy would be either Ahsoka or Asajj. Yeah, yeah, you told me. That. I don't. I don't think we're gonna see. Either. I don't. I don't think so either. But like, get it. Bill Mitchell was in charge. I was just having a Bill Mitchell was in charge podcast. But anyway, I'm gonna shout. Yeah. But don't you? Um, this is something for uh, Jimmy and Conley, who are huge fans of of Clone Wars. You guys have a lot of time for Dave Filoni, though, to find his voice, right? And yeah. he's also said he wants to direct a, a, a Star Wars movie. That, yeah. Would you guys be up for that? No. No. <laughs> What's your beef with Dave Filoni? That hat. <laughs> yeah, his hat. Come on, Dave. Like. I mean, like, Clone Wars became good, but I don't know if... It took a long time to find yeah. his, its voice, and there's a lot of people involved, and I don't Actually, know that I... You know who, You know who, as a writer, I ended up being really impressed by, and I was surprised? Katie Lucas. Mm. Katie Lucas wrote some of the best episodes on there's, that show. There's a couple mm-hmm. episodes of that where at the end I was like, huh? Yeah, what? exactly. It's kind of like, like, what? Yeah. Like, I mean, because you have those sort of skeptical thoughts. You're like, all right, Kate, yeah, nepotism wins the day. Good job, Katie. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> She's at least as strong as anyone yeah, else. I'm, I'm glad you yeah. got to get your feet wet in television, and that's yeah. wonderful that you were able to use those opportunities given to you, being the daughter of one of the biggest, you know, media magnets that has ever existed. But it turns out she can write some really good genre entertainment. I mean, it's not like groundbreaking shit. No, but it's she obviously held following. Up, yeah. a, it's obviously following a formula, but she ran that formula down pretty fucking decent. So she's like the George Lucas equivalent of Joe Hill, huh? Yeah. Did she not write the episodes where it's Pop, Baron Papanoida? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Here's a story about my dad, but it was still cute episodes. It was. That's hilarious. The quiet tragedy that is the credit that at the end of a lot of the Clone Awards episodes where it says catered by Jet Lucas and a microwave. <laughs> that's all he's up to these days. It's uh, <laughs> not weird. quite as uh, has the ambition as Katie and George there, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. I mean, I... I I hope Lucasfilm and the people in the story group, uh, there are no women on that story group, unfortunately, I don't think. Uh, yeah. I mean, you nice got Kathleen it, Kennedy in charge, but yeah, you don't have... Yeah, but it, I'll be on the story group. Yeah, that's what I'll I'm saying. This is your audition tape right here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it would, it, would, it would be nice if uh, they, they take that sort of stuff into account more and stop looking they at their, fe- stop looking at their it, yeah. female characters as things that they do and more people that can be. Hopefully yeah. the main character of the sequel trilogy is a lady. That's yeah. when they yeah. force them. They well, gotta have to like well, it better about I mean, you look at episode seven, you you got a pretty decent idea that there are they are taking that into account because you got John Boyega, black man is the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still think he's the lead? As I, well, to I think he's going to be the Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, I and think, I think Ridley da- might be. I think that, see that's conflicting rumors no, right I, now. I think Daisy Ridley is going to end up being a combination of Han and Leia. I think what yeah. they're going to do is take the the big three from the first from the original no, trilogy. pieces. No, they're going to swap it down to two. You oh, got okay. Luke and then Han and Leia. Is is Daisy? So, I think Oscar Isaac's part of a trilogy tri- triumvirate. I, I think he might be closer to the to the, the to Lando. Lando. Yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, 
he'll he'll be funny and he'll help out every now and again, but he's mm. never going to actually be Turns main out character. R two and C three people fucking hate each other now. It's not even cute. <laughs> actually, they're just like things actually, are falling out. The one thing that we haven't brought up is if there's going to be a third, I think the third is going to show up in episode eight and nine. It becomes just have, as important yeah. as the first two. You still I think have two gonna, movies. Of, I think of... it's going to be Lupita Nyong'o. I think Lupita Nyong'o mm. is introduced in episode. Her. I think yeah. she's introduced in episode seven as a bad guy. And then her redemption oh. is going to be one of the smaller arcs that carries over for the rest of the sequel trilogy. So when you do finally end with episode nine, you will have a big three again. That big three will be John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, and Peter Nyong'o. Which Nyango. would be amazing. That being the face of Star yeah. Wars would speak that, a hell of a lot to what me and Conley were just amazing. talking about. Yeah. That yeah. would be great, but I don't know if they're going to have two black people uh, start off as villains and come to see the white guy's point of view of well, the heroes. Well, John Boyega wouldn't necessarily start off as a villain because as soon as we see him, He's gonna be like if he's fuck already, this. If, yeah, if yeah. he's already like them, that yeah. He's gonna be it's, like fuck this. I'm not. This imperial shit is for the birds. I'm yeah. out. If the imperials can go kick rocks. I'm gonna be a good guy with this girl over here. It could yeah. be entirely possible. Yeah, like you but, know. Oh my god, Daisy Ridley. She's being chased by self uh, yeah. Sith infiltrators. Well, I, I mean, look, th th think about Han Solo. Solo. No one ever thinks of Han Solo as a bad guy at the beginning oh, no, of yeah. Star Wars. He's yeah. not. I mean, he's not a good guy. But yeah. no one ever thinks of him as necessarily a bad. He's guy. He's neutral. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we're going to see okay. with John Boyega. Also, after Attack the Block, I've got time for any journey that John Boyega decides to go on. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a great actor. Yeah. I'd like to he's watch him do whatever he whatever he's that doing movie. is going to be interesting. Oh, oh man. That um, movie is... By the way, that's a good question, though. There's been a lot of little hints. You can almost now, from what's out there, if it's accurate, which yeah. it may not be, you can sort of piece together a vague sense of what this movie's going to be like. Well, exactly. That's... Interestingly, R2-D2 and C-3PO have never been brought up once in any of this. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, but they're they, they're in it. They, yeah, they're in it. But that, yeah, they're just they're gonna be there. I don't yeah. think they're gonna serve any. <laughs> oh, the R two was always pretty pretty essential to the plot. Yeah, we've been talking about all these rumors for you know a long time now, and I would again like to iterate. I still think that a large percentage of this is bullshit. Yeah, this is us like arguing as this is us like if this were nineteen seventy nine, we're like. Do we really think that Boba Fett is Luke's dad, or, or you know, yeah. something like that? Like that exactly. Where it's like, we yeah, we sort of got into this before the show started. But again, this is something where uh, Bobby and I have been around since early days on this stuff, and I'm curious, what makes a good Star Wars rumor? And mm -hmm. two, um, you know, which ones? Who's the best source right now? Uh, mm. Basically, I would suggest uh, if you're not going. My, my first stop is always the trades. Go to the trades. Go to Hollywood Reporter. Go to Variety. Because a lot of the, the sort of news that used to get puked up onto the internet's bib via all sorts of tinier little blogs now goes through Variety. And it now goes through the rap and Deadline Hollywood. Because, you know, the studios recognize how the game is played now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these industry websites now realize how many hits they can get by catering to that sort of stuff. Sure. So a lot of that news has got... It's, the vetting process has been established. There's a vetting process now. There wasn't back in the late 90s, early 2000s, but now there is. But if you're going to look at like just straight out rumor sites, I would suggest that you look at Latino Review and you look at Badass Digest. Those two primarily, simply because a lot of the stories that have come out are coming out through them. And it's fairly obvious that someone that hasn't been fired yet is still friendly with at least a couple of people there. And I still think some of these might be planned controlled leaks i don't i don't buy that i yeah. don't buy, I, I don't think because yeah, your like, argument is that they just don't have the energy i think they, my, my argument yeah. is that it's, it's ridiculously inefficient simply because the number of people online who even care to look up spoilers is still such a small mm. fraction of the general overall audience and since jj abrams got his ass kicked on into darkness playing this stupid i'm going to lie to yeah, you he game did get yeah. fucking burned. and kathleen yeah. kennedy had to publicly say he's not playing those games not here at lucasfilm he's not the mystery box can take a fucking hike. This is how we play the mystery box here at Lucasfilm. No comment. Oh, like, they still haven't confirmed that Ryan Johnson is directing episode eight, for example. 
Like, all, there's a whole bunch of rumors that I got broken. He was just on a Grantland podcast and basically. No, he can talk much. about it. Lucasfilm yeah. isn't saying shit. Oh. Lucasfilm says nothing because I think their strategy is if we don't say anything in three weeks, since you guys have the attention span of a fucking squirrel, you'll forget that you even heard this <laughs> and you'll be distracted by something shiny somewhere else. And then when we finally confirm what happened, you'll be like, oh yeah, this thing that I forgot that I knew. How exciting. Here is my, here is my devil's advocate on that. Yeah. I think that there is a certain free publicity value in gener ginning up a bunch of interest in rumors. And I think that they understand that, and I think they are throwing out things. If you throw out things that aren't important, mm -hmm. so important they wreck anything, like little bits of the interior of the Millennium Falcon or yeah. whatever, which people already know is in it, mm -hmm. I think if you do that, you're feeding the beast in such a way that you might keep them from going after a bunch of BS. But the problem is that what's coming out is big stuff now. Yeah. Like I get, I guarantee. Yeah, that's you, I guarantee true. you, J.J. Abrams isn't happy about the idea that we know the villain, or we possibly know that the Is villain could true, be some sort though? of. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I'm saying. Like but these, these sources are all just like, I heard a guy say this. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I, yeah, J.J. Abrams was pretty unhappy. And this is according to Devin Farage. Oh, about the Falcon? No, not the Falcon. Okay. He was he was unhappy about the lightsaber thing. Like that pissed him off. So that's why I so believe. So that leads credence to that, that, that's yeah. probably legit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. See, I, I heard that. People of Bad Robot are not exactly happy about this. And I think the thing is, like, when the when the set photos hit TMZ, that's the only time Lucasfilm has responded to anything. And it was like, pull those down. And I think it's because it was TMZ. If it was any other outlet that they know isn't going to be paid attention to largely by fans, they're just going to continue to be like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. TMZ is leaking photos. TMZ is looked at by people who are like, what What did Kanye fart today? Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So they're, they're mm. going to be like, we have to shut that down because we know that millions upon millions of people are looking at TMZ. Yeah. But if it's only appearing on Badass Digest, if it's only appearing on Latino Review... It's still slightly contained, yeah. Yeah, it's very contained. They can just be like... Whatever you, like, you guys go ahead. And you... Average people don't, right now don't know that the, the villain of we, the new Star Wars is supposed to be like some healthy no face guy holding to, a Darth Vader, Vader mask. Blow yeah. someone's mind today by telling them that there's going to be a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, you know, guys, I don't want to blow your minds, but according to uh, this week's Entertainment Weekly, there's a new Doctor on Doctor Who. Oh, what? Uh, he's some old guy. He's he's yeah, some Scottish guy. No I'm just way. saying that's what I, that's my. I heard source. he's really good at swearing. Yeah, <laughs> supposedly there's the show called The Thick of It or something. Yeah, we were the we were getting coffee before we came here and the coffee shop people were like what are you doing today like oh we're gonna go record a movie or a, a uh, podcast yeah. talk about the new Star Wars movie and the guy who's like making coffee is like there's gonna be a new Star Wars movie <laughs> oh that's <laughs> like, awesome uh, See, yeah. that, don't you miss that This is yeah. that's always the thing about I think we're all a little addicted to the spoiler game and the thing that's funny is I wondered what we're missing because we don't get that sense of sort of getting hit up the side with a two by four yeah, with delight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we feed our delight in little tiny increments of trying to get it all in advance. But yeah. there's someone legit leaking stuff there because I know, like, what, what I've heard from like, the couple people I know at Bat Robot, yeah, supposedly the leaked Millennium Falcon photos, the very first thing that got leaked, yeah. Yeah. that JJ Moore was not happy about. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that was that's like, like legit. But at least he yeah. turned it into a thing and, like, he's actually uh -huh. turned that into a thing well, with, like, you know, and, like, and this, the, I, I yeah. think it's yeah. mostly in response to what happened with Into Darkness. Like, into darkness, he's like, it's not Khan. I'm just going to flat out lie to people, tell you it's not Khan. I'm going to make the the fact that Khan is in this movie a big secret. It's going to be a big part of the mystery box, and it blew up on him. It absolutely damaged the way that film was received because yeah. people were like, it's going to be Khan. You've it's essentially the way I've been described is like he threw a blanket over an elephant and tried to tell you there wasn't a fucking elephant in the movie. And the like you know what that you, there's a trunk sticking out of the bottom of the blanket, JJ. <laughs> what the fuck? And so and so when the movie happens uh, and we get this big reveal, it was like. My name is Khan, and nobody in the audience like, does anything. You're like, you just hurt your movie with all your lying well, bullshit. And Kathleen Kennedy is like, 
We're not having that. That's like, the nice thing that she is there to kind of rein that shit But in the yeah. problem is, is that problem was compounded because it was absolutely unnecessary for him to be con exactly. for that movie to work. Yeah. And in fact, mm -hmm. it made the movie more confusing to yeah. have him be con. And that's, and, one and, the, that's one of the things that makes me still a little wibbly about him being in charge of a Star Wars movie. Yeah. But, because, but anyway, but, 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 but I want to get into that in a second because yeah. I have a concern about Abrams as director. But, but what I'm saying is that this is probably going to be a lot more focused simply because he's not as concerned with making the marketing a part of his storytelling this time mm -hmm. out. Like, what got him in trouble on Into Darkness and what got him in trouble, to a lesser extent, on Super 8 was that he put so much effort into that whole mystery box bullshit as a means to sort of inflate the impact of the storytelling in the movie itself yeah. that the storytelling itself suffered because yeah. he's sort of like... The marketing will pick up the slack. The mystery that I'm causing around this movie will pick up the slack. You know, yeah. look what we did with Cloverfield. That uh, the movie, the storytelling in Cloverfield itself wasn't all that great, but the mystery that was drummed up around it made that storytelling seem a little bit more impactful. You don't have to do that with Star Wars. You shouldn't do that with Star Wars. You need to focus all of your attention and energy less on trying to be the fucking ringleader of the that, circus yeah. and just getting your story right. Well, that you bring up an interesting point because this is something I wanted to talk about, which is my concern about Abrams as a director. I think you're right. The mystery box thing worked really, really well for, um, say, a found footage film like yeah. Cloverfield. Um, and he he's run into two problems on his on Super Eight and Into Darkness that really worry me. That my only concern, actually, I think he's he's I think he's a well matched director on this yeah. project. And but one of my big concerns stuff. is that on both those films, they they take a sudden shift in tone that feels too abrupt and a little ham fisted, particularly on Super Eight where. He spends two-thirds of the movie setting up essentially a horror film and a monster film. Uh, and then and then he suddenly at the end tries to take in the last scene a turn into a child e. like awe. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you didn't earn the awe. You earned the you earned an awesome monster movie ending, mm -hmm. but you did not earn an awe like looking up in the sky while the Spielberg wind machine blows in your face ending. Yeah, looking and, tearfully while the monster that's killed half the town flies up in his face. Yeah, and, oh, I'll, that's I'll miss not you always, yeah. And then in Into Darkness also, that movie also has a tonal issue where it, it starts out, I think the first half of that movie I think is quite successful and then it suddenly becomes this bizarre, bizarre yeah, political. He gets distracted by form and shiny things yeah. sometimes. He mm. tends to forget. Yeah, the, like... and and into darkness is last half hour is just really badly glued on to the rest of it. Right, and that and that causes a hard break in and of itself. You're like, this movie has now it's it's not constructed well at the yeah. end of it. Like I can tell that you took some gum and some wet paper and just kind of smashed your last half hour into the preceding hour and a half, and that's how. That's why your Star Trek movie isn't being received very well, and part of that is because he's he's as equally concerned with the mystery box and the marketing yeah. and pulling a fast one on the audience before they see the movie as he is Again, with just making my fucking form. movie. Yeah. And, yeah. That and I think Kathleen Kennedy was straight up, you're not doing that. You can't fucking do that. Well, hopefully this, yeah. well, hopefully this is a growing, pro a growing thing where, yeah. like, yeah, but by being forced just to focus on the content of what it is that he's making, well, plus, he's not so distracted by all the other and bullshit. Plus, the, yeah. crunch tr the crunch timetable, like, even if he wanted to play these stupid little mystery box games, he can't. That movie's yeah. coming out real quick. He's still shooting the thing. Like, you can't... You can't have Han Solo break his leg. <laughs> and you can't have the film date pushed back to December with Disney breathing down your neck. You can't rewrite the entire script and then also alter the outline for all the entire sequel trilogy. You can't do all of that and then at the same time come up with a misinformation campaign. Games, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because Into Darkness, I think part of the problem with that is that is it is a is a studio note because that movie, if you don't, if you have John Harrison, just stay John Harrison. Mm -hmm. That movie is a pretty tight, 
film that has a political allegory about 9/11 over concern about security and yeah, there's so a pretty it's interesting a it's yeah. a, it's a, it almost is like a born film set in the Star Trek universe but it's also about many of the things the born film was about which is how how much do we need to give up to be secure by ad, by making him con all of a sudden you have people in torpedoes <laughs> you have like all this stuff that literally makes no sense casting issues why he's not he's not no longer like an ethnic and yeah why doesn't he why doesn't he look and, like, like uh, monobon and then i mean there's a, but like, they raise all these really it it muddles whatever tight message he had that he was exploring it muddles it with all this bs although that kind of like supposedly abrams doesn't care about star trek that much i mean granted he's supposedly he is a star yeah. trek wrath of khan fan so yeah. who knows maybe khan. Yeah. so but that could also be blamed on uh, Robert Orkey because supposedly he's he like on that project he was the big star. Well, I don't, guy I don't know if the fan, ah, I don't know if that's... the fandom of the director really matters as much as as fans themselves like to imagine. Like bringing up Wrath of Khan, it's not like Nicholas Meyer gave a shit about yeah. Star Trek before he got hired to make Wrath of Khan. Really, he didn't, and he ended up making that's the what best. Made, made he ended so up good, making yeah. the best Star Trek movie. Like J.J. Yeah. Abrams is a Star Wars fan, yes. But I don't know if that's necessarily a positive in and of itself. Right, that he might gonna... get too wrapped up in the fandom. Yeah, like, yeah. or, or he might he might like... consider Star Wars to be too precious to fuck yeah. with. And I don't think that's I don't get the sense that's what he's doing. I do get the sense that he's got Star Wars. He's been given the keys, and he's like, I have to fuck with it. Well, working I... with Kasdan, and Kasdan mm-hmm. was a guy in the story meetings. If you read in the making of those films, was always trying to mix it up too. He yeah. was always like, Why don't we just kill this guy? Yeah, why don't we blow it up? <laughs> he's yeah. not. I love his story notes for the end of Return of the Jedi. Is like one of his ideas was like, What if Luke just takes Vader's mask, puts it on his head, and hits the fire button <laughs> yeah. on the Death Star to blow up uh, Endor? And I'm like. Doesn't make any sense, but I like the fact that uh, like he threw that out there in the yeah, story meeting. Yeah. Like, I want to believe he's still doing that. Yeah, hopefully. Sure. Yeah, what I, th- I think both of them are. I think both of them are like we can't, we have to push on the nostalgia buttons because mm. obviously it's a Star Wars movie. There's no escaping that. We have yeah. to push on the nostalgia buttons, but we also have to shake up what you're expecting because otherwise you're going to get bored. We can't just remake Episode Four, although they're kind of sort of remaking Episode Four, yeah. sort of like in 2009 with Star Trek. You just kind of remade episode four. You kind of skew things a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. I mean, like, they have to shake shit up. And part of part of the fact that we've got, you know, a black man, a woman, and probably a black woman to be the leads of the trilogy, that's, that says that he's probably thinking about shaking some shit up. Yeah. You know? Like well, he's, also, he's only doing the one film, too. I keep, yeah. in the back of my head, I'm still thinking he's in charge of the whole trilogy. No, no, no. he's doing this one film. No, he's going to shoot off. only doing one. Yeah. So even if he does a great movie, it's yeah. nice to see that it's going to be under yeah. oh, no, and I am stewardship s- of other people. Ryan Johnson is doing I know. this yeah. one. So great. I'm so fucking psyched for that. So we've got to get What's-Her-Face, uh, uh, Big Boom, what, Baby Boom, what... what uh, the boom Asian boom? lady, boom boom, whatever yeah. from uh, Brothers Boom, she's got to show up, somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. she, uh, you got to have an Asian person in Star Wars eventually, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's they, great. they cut her out of uh, they cut uh, Bai Lang out of Episode Three. Oh, that's true. Oh yeah, that's a good yeah. point. And so, uh, uh, assuming that he does not direct Episode Nine, who do you guys uh, choose to? Who would you guys suggest to be the third person? I really want Brad Bird to do a Star Wars. That's, yeah, that's Brad, Bird, Brad Bird or yeah. Guillermo del Toro would be on my list. He should be done in time. I would, to... I would like Guillermo del Toro do an offshoot. I wouldn't want him to direct one of the main Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But Brad get... Bird, I would want to do. Like, Guillermo del Toro's Yoda movie, movie would be kind of hell. Also, Joe Johnston. I want uh, Joe Johnston. Seems like he's got a take. Well, he's got that. 
that pitch for a Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. Which no, Kasdan's pitch for it too. We talked about oh, this on the podcast okay. before too. Yeah. 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 No, but it's Kasdan's idea yeah. for a, a Boba Fett movie, but mm-hmm. like directed well, by. Well, I mean, you, you got to think that if, and we've already established that it seems Lucasfilm is using the Marvel model. Like they're looking over, they're looking over at Marvel's homework and like, oh, whatever's working for you is going to yeah. end up working for us. Sure. I, I think a name director might not necessarily. Because I mean, they went and got Ryan Johnson. See, the, so they got JJ Abrams to resurrect everything, and then they're going. They went and got Ryan Johnson. To me, it's funny because I think of him being a name director just because I've been a fan of his since oh yeah but yeah Yeah. in the grand scope of things yeah he is practically an indie guy with his own camcorder like that's yeah (laughs) I would actually you know in my mind because they both kind of hit around the same time I always loop Duncan Jones in with Ryan Johnson Mm -hmm. to some degree Duncan Jones would be interesting Joe Blomkamp I mean that's another name that's thrown in with those those two other guys Joe Wright I technically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean Edgar Wright Edgar, mm-hmm. Edgar yeah. Wright would be Edgar Wright is right up oh, there oh that's what was, when he got yeah. kicked off uh, Ant-Man that's what I was hoping and praying like maybe he got a Star Wars instead and he yeah. was like come on yeah. it turned out to not to be true no, that was not. that was my first hope yeah. was maybe like, no but yeah. Edgar Wright would be wonderful oh fantastic yeah. Edgar Wright is immediately in my top three to follow up Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. I would um, have to say Bradbird Edgar Wright or gotta say it Spielberg Spielberg's if we're just wish listing, if I know. we're just wish Spielberg's listing, never sure. gonna do I know because so. he's yeah, yeah. he's yeah. got to go direct like you know like a Lincoln sequel or whatever. <laughs> by the by the way, well, yeah. you know Spielberg is another interesting one because a lot of your favorite Spielberg movies were made really quickly. Yeah, a lot of times no, he, he was he, he works. Stark. I mean, he works really well when he works really fast. He could do a good ragtag Star Wars movie if you pushed him. It wouldn't yeah. have to be a big like you know. You know, with, with, with you know slow motion, uh, you know. But stuff. you bring up, you brought up earlier the dangers of being too much of a fan, and I think that's interesting because Super Eight. If you have any critique of Super Eight, it's almost like it plays a little bit like someone doing. This is what I remember Spielberg movies feeling like in the eighties. What's 80s. a bunch of tropes? It's, it's, yeah, it's Spielberg, uh, yeah, it's tropes Spielberg karaoke, and it's not a good example of Spielberg. Karaoke. Yeah. yeah, he's done better Spielberg karaoke in other things. Yeah. And, the, and the fact that Super Eight was the movie where he was like. I'm, I'm getting all my Spielberg yah-yahs out in one I'm shot, and it ended up being like... Eh, the only th- thing that movie is missing is like a Quint analog. So I'm kind of surprised that you don't have like a... For me, for me, Super 8 was trying... It was trying to be, uh, you know... A, it was trying to be sort of like Raiders of the Lost Ark-ish. It was trying to be, an, old, it was trying to yeah. be an Amblin movie, and it ended up being Richard Donner's The Goonies. Mm. And actually, no, it didn't even end up being the Goonies. It was trying to be the Goonies, and it ended up being fucking Monster Squad. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what it, really it felt did. like to me. Really I was did. like, I, uh, yeah. I mean, and the Goonies wasn't all that great anyway. The Goonies is also sort of shrill and mean spirited, but I mean, that movie just ended up being a bunch of kids being assholes to each other, except for two of them, and then the monster ate half the town, and then the parents shrugged at each other, <laughs> and then the monster flew away, and it didn't. It did not. It didn't earn the magic it was trying to. You guys have seen yeah. Super 8, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I just yeah. want to make sure that, like... Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting because, you know, it, what one thing that would give me hope is that Abrams is making the right mistakes. Yeah. He has... He went and processed whatever thoughts and feelings he had about Spielberg and Lucas with Super 8. He went off and processed whatever problem he was having with spoiler reveals on Trek Into Darkness. And he certainly has processed whatever feelings he had about the structure of Star Wars with Star Trek 2009. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's processed enough of this now that he can actually come at it as, as himself. Yeah. He's also an incredibly young filmmaker. He's still got a whole year yeah. ahead of him. So well, it's, and, it's... and the fact that you've got Simon Kinberg there and you got Lawrence Kasdan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon he... Kinberg maybe the guy I was talking about who was part of the story squad that actually It probably was. And Kinberg, yeah. I think, is one of the bigger players uh, in this whole new Star Wars future that we have that no one really seems to be looking at. I mean, you look over at Fox and what he's doing at Fox with 
all their uh, big budget tentpole films. And you look at the fact that he's so ingrained with Lucasfilm, like he's running Rebels, basically. He, yeah. if, I mean, Dave Filoni's the one that everyone looks at, but I get the sense. No, that, he's. I get he's, the sense that Simon Kinberg is the showrunner of that particular film. Or, or I don't series. think I understand that professional relationship. What is what is Kinberg versus Filoni? What is the difference? I think Kinberg is. I I, I get the sense that Filoni uh, is is boots on the ground, mm-hmm. and Kinberg is who he reports to. Basically, Filoni is Vader and Kinberg is Tarkin. <laughs> That's the sense I get. Because if Kinberg is the guy I'm talking about, yeah, he's the guy who's actually worked with Lucas on some of the stuff before it got handed yeah. off to Disney. So he's 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 mm-hmm. he's one of the few lines you can come back and say, "Well, George said about this," yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one last question before we finally wrap this up: uh, Star Wars Rebel, uh, Star well, Star Wars Rebels. It's got to end with them dying while trying to steal the Death Star plans. Right? <laughs> I think that's a fantastic How idea. Else, mm-hmm. I, like even think everything I see about this, like what's the logical conclusion for the and story? Jimmy was like, saying earlier, like there was some interview where they're like they might not necessarily be around to see the. That, like, I, I was like, no sure. Because yeah. I don't see what else you do. Because like that's they've got to have an interesting end to it. Mm-hmm. I have another idea. What? They actually uh, keep going long enough or jump forward and they actually end up engaging in some of the parallel events of the original trilogy. <laughs> My only hope for Rebels... What if they're fighting in the Battle of Yavin? My only yeah. hope for Rebels is a super nerdy hope and it is that the show ends up going long enough that Princess Leia becomes her own character. Uh, oh, it'd be and, weird if she didn't. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and they end up adapting some of the chapters from the radio drama into the show yeah well they've already started mining from that yeah stuff, they have right? they, yeah. they've already like, which stuff uh, they're pulling uh, I believe in season one there's going to be uh, mean the adapt- radio adaptations of the movies yeah the, oh, okay. the Star Wars radio dramas because they, I've heard you mention this in full of Sith yeah, before and, and they're going sure. to incorporate the, uh, the Imperial recruitment tape from uh, the see radio that's dramas. great yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah like Star Wars opens with Luke listening to a, an Imperial recruitment tape and they're going to actually just lift the dialogue from that recruitment tape and plop it into Rebels so, I was yeah. always surprised I, I've always wondered if they're ever going to reach for this if they were just going to try and animate the I radio would love dramas. For them. I if would love did, for them to do it, that. They could draw, you could edit the radio dramas as such that you could actually do an animated you version could do a 13, 14 episode series yeah. of and Star Wars in and of itself. It would yeah. be super yeah. interesting. Darth Vader would sound a little weird, but what are you going to do? Yeah. 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 But I, I would love for there to be, like in season four of Rebels, uh, a couple episodes that are focused solely on Leia doing her humanitarian work. That would be and awesome. And trying, be nice. and trying to, you know, sabotage well, the Empire as she can. So yeah. Vader and Leia are meeting up on a field somewhere and Leia's having to do the do the old the old horn swoggling with Lord Tyon. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the radio drums, yeah. listen to the radio drums. They're fucking great. Well, ideally, and that, that, that's, you know, like uh, her knowing, bumping into the, uh, the the Rebels crew is that yeah. she's the one that says, hey guys, we have this mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's we need you to steal something, and that's that could be the, how the last episode ends. Is like you know, yeah. good luck on this mission. Yeah, yeah. and I and, and you and like, you yeah. you have a you have a situation there where the rebels are maybe not exactly friendly with Leia because they're not super happy about taking orders from a seventeen year old girl. Uh, yeah, yeah. Princess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, there's 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 opportunities for conflict there, but I mean, the show's got to last like four or five seasons. Well, that's so. I think they probably set it five years at like back it was, in time yeah, ahead of like yeah. so they could do yeah. the five seasons. Yeah, she, and Princess Leia is fourteen at the time. Uh, she's Ezra's age, age, honestly. I totally agree with you, though. I'll bet you that is where. Oh, it's and then they're too. gonna have like a little. Uh, uh, I don't no, think it's gonna happen. God, no. I don't think it's gonna happen. Actually, I think they're setting up Ezra and uh, Sabine, the the Mandalorian. I think they're setting those two up. I think those two are going to be based on the like interviews. That yeah. I oh, heard. I saw a little bit where she's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. Oh, he of course, so because the girls all have to be love interests, just like Hera is kind of the love interest for Kanan. Yeah. Gamora did so much more in Guardians of the Galaxy, except just punch Nova. She also uh, kind of kissed uh, Lord Will, Star Lord, for ten seconds. 
I don't want to get into that with them. I know. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. This is the whole thing. We could do, okay, well, next yeah. week we're New Gardens of the Galaxy. We're going to bitch <laughs> about the, the, the sexual politics of Guardians of the Galaxy next week. I, it is funny, though, that, that Rebels and Guardians of the Galaxy are both fighting the Firefly sense, and... Yeah. Which was riffing on Star Wars. Yeah, Rebels yeah. might get a huge kick from Guardians of the Galaxy just because if like they pitch yeah. it like, you know, you saw Guardians of mm. the Galaxy, now see you. Well, while we're tangent, real quick, do you consider Guardians of the Galaxy a superhero movie? Jimmy. No, it's not a superhero movie. No. Okay, kind of a Marvel film. Yeah. No. What, how, how would you consider it? Because I don't know. People, people, people consider it a Marvel movie, I think, well, because I think it has Marvel, because Marvel at the front Marvel. Of it. No, yeah. no, no. I think people confuse comic books with superheroes. Like the, yeah. like the mass audience. Like We all know that there's more to comics than just superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. The only but real superhero character is kind of like supposedly Drax because he's supposed to be super strong, but he gets his ass kicked in 10 yeah. seconds by um, the main villain. They're all very it's human just, characters. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think the thing that Marvel has done right with these films is they've made them all essentially science fiction movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. even Thor, it's yeah. because their technology is so advanced that they seem like they're gods. Well, although yeah. by that standard, uh, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is not really a superhero movie. Yeah, because yeah Captain no America is a superhero. That's yeah. still the fa my favorite of the yeah. superhero Winter Soldier. Oh, that's right. I, forgot, I forgot he has the formula, so he is super strong. So I keep yeah, thinking yeah. he's a normal guy who just happens no, to be no, yeah, okay. No, no. He's a normal guy who can kick oh, people 30 that. feet. Having just seen Guardians of the Galaxy, I still have to say, I really enjoyed it, but I have to say Winter Soldier still, to my thinking, stands head and shoulders above all the other Marvel Films. I yeah. loved Guardians of the Galaxy, but I I also loved Winter Soldier. I think I was I've been talking to Jimmy about this, and I'm having a hard time ranking them. Like I think Avengers would still have to be number one, mm -hmm. just because of how excited I was in the theater seeing sure. Avengers. Uh -huh. And like I was so skeptical before it because I'm like, how are they going to wrangle all these franchises and like actually make it work? And yeah, so no like, one thought went, it was right work. went yeah. into it with this like skepticism, and then left the theater like. Whoa, that was amazing! <laughs> so like, Avengers, they even got the Hulk right. Yeah, so yeah. like, Avengers still has to be my number one just for that. But like, right below it, I, probably Guardians and then Winter Soldier. But they're yeah. like about on the same, but in different ways. They're really different movies, mm -hmm. but I really love them both. Now I go, I go Captain America: First Avenger. I haven't seen that. You're still Captain America Two. Captain America Two. What, what's so good about the first Captain America? It's just it's so it's so uh, it's so tonally correct. It was like my, oh, you know how I was talking I'm about saving for you know rainy day. You know how I was talking about Spielberg karaoke before? Yeah. Captain America: The First Avenger is pitch perfect Spielberg karaoke. That plays mm. like a Spielberg movie. The first Captain America yeah. was my least favorite of all the movies. Oh, uh, no. a lot of people believe that. A lot of people. No, no, no. I'll say this: that. I loved the first half of the movie. Yeah, it lost me in the second half. A lot. That's where it loses a lot of people. Once that montage kicks half. in, yep. once the montage kicks in, either you roll with it or you don't. I was able to roll with the montage, and I ended up I enjoying it. I could roll with then, the montage, but then after the montage, it it's, lost yeah. me. Yeah. My yeah. hope was in the montage meant that we could go back and see what some of those actual missions were because I really liked his little squad in yeah. there. Yeah, more than But instead, it's, we're, we're, yeah, we're staying in the future. That was my favorite so, part of the second Captain America was actually just seeing the stuff. The like, yeah. How does everybody feel about it? It seems to me pretty obvious at this point that by the time we get to Avengers 3, the Guardians will be in it. Oh, oh yeah, I'm expecting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I would assume they would be more of a cameo, or they might kind of show up. No, and like, no. I, th I, think, I think they're on Earth and they join forces. How do you juggle that Avengers? many characters in a single film, though? I don't that's, know. That's, that's what I said before Avengers. That's for whoever's doing Avengers three to decide. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they only it's show not going to be Whedon. They only Whedon's show up for Avengers yeah. three part one. They're going to go the whole uh, you know, yeah. the Hobbit yeah. way. Yeah. For, wait, Avengers three? Yeah, no, Whedon's going to be gone by Avengers two. I thought he was on. I would have assumed that like part of his thing. He never he never re-upped. He never re-upped, and I don't think he's going to re-up because they could still throw enough money. 
money at him. They'd like, have to throw a ton of that money they, at him. Mm-hmm. You never know. Uh, they don't. They, they're not. Anything. They are gonna, super stingy though. If you're gonna have that many characters, you need Whedon, especially his character juggling and. I, I think. I think he's out. Unless they start. You, unless they throw Robert Downey Jr. money at him, I think he's out. The problem is they can only afford Robert Downey Jr. A, money for Robert Downey yeah. Jr. So James Gunn makes Avengers two on top of like Guardians two. It's possible. Or, uh, I could see 3. that. I could see. I Gunn is probably. I've heard rumors that Gunn is the guy they're talking about doing that because Gunn delivered so much on uh, probably the most difficult film to deliver well, for Marvel. Well, I can also see Whedon just recommending him, too, just because yeah. he's part of that camp. Yeah. I mean, not that he needs the recommendation now that... Uh, yeah. Well, Galaxy I mean, the reason Gunn is in but... there, I think, is largely because of Whedon in the first place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's part of that boot camp. But Whedon, um, is Whedon exhausted or frustrated, do you think? I, I, I think it's probably a combination of both. Like, Marvel is fucking stingy. Marvel is stingy. They are tightwads. Uh, they are... I don't want to say unforgiving, but it's that not. Sounds... It, it is not a movie-making paradise with rainbows and butterflies, and everyone gets along well, really well. Like they are tight asses. Use the fact that being able to lure all this talent with thinking that well must be just like it must be a paradise to work for those guys. Yeah. No, it's, it's making movies fucking sucks, especially giant movies. Even if the people who are working on those movies are having fun while the movie is shooting, it's a very stressful situation, yeah. mm-hmm. and they are absolutely. Marvel has proven to the film industry that the movie-making practices of the 40s and 50s, where the producers were in charge, works. That's and a good point, actually. So Kevin yeah. Feige is the... Is that how you pronounce his last name? I, th- I think. I'm not Kevin sure. Kevin Feige. But yeah. if he, so he's really the Louis V. Mayer of this whole thing. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, essentially, the studio and the brand carries more weight than any of the single True. individuals working yeah. on it. So, I mean, when you look at that and you know that's the system you're in... And that's the situation you're in. Unless you can get that Robert Downey Jr. money, it does you no good to stick around once your contract yeah. is up. There's there's no. And work not there. only is it that stuff, but then you've got this crazy ass comic book continuity on top of all that. Exactly. Pressure. It's like. So I think my theory right now, just to, this is just um, insect antennae, you know, like vibe stuff. But I think that the first one of these Marvel movies that is going to get that mixed finally reaction is. The only reason the Ant-Man existed is because Edgar Wright was pushing it through. Yeah. It, Edgar Wright is the reason that Ant-Man ever even got off the ground. And that anyone made. was excited about yeah, it. Yeah, and they yeah. were excited about it. Yeah. And as soon as he left very publicly, mm-hmm. they, they replaced him with someone who was talented. But I'm yeah. not sure in this case that that even matters. Because mm-hmm. everyone's just going to say, well, he's using all the storyboards that Edgar Wright already yeah. created. And I think, yeah, that that is the fir- I think that's the first time that the mo- you're going to see a crack in the Marvel edifice. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. if that is the first crack, then, I mean, that, that's a pretty good run. Because have really they done one. like 10 movies now? Cool. Yeah. It's a great this- ca- this far without any kind of real major like creative yeah. but on the but on the other or... hand though they haven't really had an altogether great film yet they have made a I lot... don't think you're going to get one unless it's by accident because that's not <laughs> yeah they, they the 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 situation the way they have it set up the sort of factory uh conveyor belt hmm. of marvel movies that they've got built doesn't necessarily allow for greatness to come popping out of it. Like yeah. they're making really good cinematic. They make really good movies. They make really entertaining, really well made. <laughs> they're lunchables. They make very delicious lunchables that don't smell like farts when you open them up, like lunchables can. Yeah, it smells like fresh ham. Yeah, it's it's the ham, but it's not the watery ham. Yeah, it's the good ham. It's the yeah. good ham with the crunchy crackers, not the soggy, spongy ones. You're like, yeah, exactly. Thank, yeah, like, thank, thank you, you, Marvel. Yeah, yeah, but it's never. You're never gonna this open up a lunch. You're never gonna open up a lunchable and have a, a, a legitimate BLT sitting in there. Yeah, it's not it's gonna, never yeah, gonna happen with crackling bacon and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. One thing they've been really good about is a lot of times in some of these films, the plot itself has 
been kind of nonsense. Like, I, I think you could actually level this charge at Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of it well, doesn't yeah. quite make sense. Well, but the thing it's is, it's always after the, the same stone and everything like the that. It's the glowing yeah. rock. The glowing rocks that are helping um, Thanos, he I could not give any that. less yeah. of a crap about any of that stuff. And, and I don't really care why. Um, but they've made the character so charming, they've papered over that for several movies in a row. It's Do they ever hit a point where, like, say, at Avengers 3, where I'd imagine this happens, the glowing rocks suddenly become the big important thing? Do they suddenly lose everybody? They're like, I don't give a crap. I, I don't know if they're going to lose anybody. I think part of the reason... The creation of the Infinity oh, Gauntlet, People are right? going to go nuts. When they have that montage of, like, yeah. when they finally explain exactly what the Infinity Gauntlet is, and, they fl- and like, everyone pieces it together for the first time, like... Oh, it's that thing from Avengers One. Here's the thing from the Captain America well, and Two. I, I think why and... I think why Captain America Two resonates as much as it does because it is the one movie where it actually feels like there's something at stake. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. like a vague. Oh, you got to stop the Rock because well, if you don't people. stop the Rock, then a planet's gonna blow up. This is like a government agency is fucking you over. Uh-huh. And that blonde guy right there, his friend with the wings and the chick with the electronic hands or whatever she got. <laughs> Those are trying to make sure. Those three are trying to make sure you stay yeah. safe, yeah. and that and that's something you can legitimately wrap your head. Around. Again, smaller scale, but the stakes feel like more. Yeah. With a lot of these Marvel movies, the yeah. stakes are so huge, but you only care because the character work is strong yeah. enough. Well, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of the apotheosis of that, where it's like this, such cosmic stakes. Yeah. But it doesn't really feel like that much because it's just another glowing rock, Ooh. and it's just another tra- air battle over a populated city. Explain to me, I mean, I'm getting into spoilers for anyone listening who hasn't heard, seen Guardians of the Galaxy, but explain to me, I mean, like, that movie falls apart on the rocks only. It's like the characters are very charming, but I don't know why when, when Peter Quill grabbed the rock and started glowing and everybody else helped him, they All of a sudden, everything was fine. The yeah. They yeah. explained it within the movie. When they go to the, the, the collector. collector and he's telling them about the stone, they explain that there were all these different stones and that multiple people had to band together in order to be able to handle the power that mm-hmm. one of those had. But the most powerful people in the universe blew up when they tried to do it. Why are these but jackasses part, able to like, do weird it? Celestial right, guy and they say oh. that at the end of the movie. They explain what they yes. <laughs> Nevertheless, yeah. the thing is that that gets so arcane, I feel like you lose, that isn't, doesn't feel it essential was, to I, me. It's not a problem. I think, what, I think what Mike is saying is that you could watch that part and just as easily believe the reason that they are able to vanquish uh, the bad guy is because of the power of Ooh Child by the Five Stair Steps. Yeah, like, you, sure, can, that's great you, can, you can make that that reading is just as valid well, I as the I wish reading. they made they, that they, more literal at that uh, point. The way, the way I read it, I know what you're saying about the, the, the sort of explaining of the, the of what it is, but really, to me, I felt like they were saved by the power of friendship. Yeah. That's what, no, that, no, that's, like that's that. what it feels like. That's what, and there is a literal yeah. explanation, but that's what it, it really is. By the way, yeah. one thing I did love about Guardians is that they use pop songs from the 70s the same way Williams used classical music. Mm-hmm. They just basically use that to ground yeah. it. Yeah, everyone's got their own like, little... Well, and that's, that's always been one of my arguments uh, when I talk to people who are very much anti-spoiler. And I'm, I don't try to talk to people, no, 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 you should read spoilers. I don't <laughs> try and do that. I try to be as respectful as possible of how people choose to in, engage with their entertainment. But I have always sort of said, like, listening to the soundtrack is never... That's not a spoilery thing to me. I'm not getting spoiled by listening to the the soundtrack of a film before I see the film. Titles of tracks can be spoilers. Titles of like, tracks, but, but I mean, music, but, it's it's everything. Yeah, but John Williams me- has never done that. I don't know what you're saying. But the, but the music itself. Flygon dies. The mu- what the fuck? <laughs> Ben's <laughs> death and Tie Fighter attack. Yeah. Yeah. 
but the, but the music itself doesn't. Oh god, we gotta put up with that with Star Wars soundtracks leaking a month ahead. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. The, yeah, you're the music for... itself doesn't uh, doesn't constitute a spoiler for me because all I'm doing is mining that music for its own inherent emotional power. Yeah. yeah. And then when I see it in context in the film, all it can do is amplify the emotion of that scene even more because I'm bringing my own emotional reaction from just the music on its own. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing that to bear on how it's supposed to play with the movie and it just amplifies itself. That's not a spoiler to me. That's helping me see, enjoy the movie even more. I ruined yeah. that with me with film scores like The Nightmare Before uh, Christmas when that soundtrack came out. It came out like a month before the actual movie did. And yeah. I listened to that the whole month before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And the pictures in my head were actually more interesting than on, on the film. Yeah. Well, and that was me just me being stupid That's basically work. a musical where they're like uh, That's true too. It's stuff. not just... So that's different. Yeah, yeah but I mean yeah. like if, if, if a piece of music like say let's use Across the Stars. If a piece of music like Across the Stars works on me emotionally without knowing where it's going to fit in the film, how it's going to fit in the film, just as a piece of as a piece of music, I'm like this this set of notes inspires this certain feeling in me mm-hmm. automatically. And then when I see the movie, now in Attack of the Clones, it didn't work all that well because yeah. of the character work in that movie. But it's but funny what, that actually that means more to me now than like it, yeah, that, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, that's a good piece of music. Yeah, when yeah. I watch the movie and that piece of music kicks in, I'm. I'm primed. I'm even, I'm more than primed because I have an idea of what that music means emotionally and it can then come to bear on the images that I'm seeing and it, it, it makes things but mean more. still like those pieces like the, the version at the end where it has like the like yeah. the little bit of the, the debater thing that rises up so quietly at the very end. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, I, with that, when we saw John Williams, I wish we could have heard that live. But anyway. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, why are you? Why did, you, you rub, did you rub it in with Conley? I forgot there? Conley's the only person in the room that wasn't there for John Williams. Oh, that's so nice. here's what happened. Tell us the story. <laughs> Wait, I told this last time, but I'll tell oh, you. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I heard the story. I heard the story. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, right. that's fucked. I'm no, sorry. please relive your grief. Yeah, when we found out there were more tickets, and then yeah. Jimmy went to go get them, and there was only one ticket. Because I'd canceled my own ticket. That's yeah. You wouldn't even <laughs> have that one if it weren't for me. And then, yeah. and then they yeah. put Bill up there in the balcony like King of John Williams. Yes, yeah. it's the screaming and singing along with every. Well, yeah, I. Chris and you, the king of John Williams. That man, that was still good. That was like already like a couple months ago. Shit. We should stop talking about that. I know. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> stop talking about that. All it was was like listening to a CD just really loud. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He uh, didn't like rap that. or like you know. Does Does anybody think that Williams? What sound will Williams go to in this? Will he return to the vibe of the original trilogy? He has to. I can't imagine that. I cannot imagine that. The sound has evolved. Yeah, I can't imagine that J.J. Abrams doesn't tell him make it sound as much as you can like 1977 mm-hmm. I, maybe you don't want to do that maybe you don't want to traipse over that grounds that you've so very solidly you know established I mean, but i mean how, how do you not if you're going so far as to match film grain to what was shot in 1976 is that what he's doing yes Oh, I didn't he's know that. trying to match film grain, and oh if he doesn't God. have that film, they're working on on post production plugins to get that that specific tone, that specific his film new, grain. His new thing isn't going to be Star Trek lens flare. It's going to be like the yeah. pantyhose over the filter of like yeah, nineteen seventy seven. Like you know, like so if he's going if he's Vaseline going that far, if he's, yes. going, if he's going that deep, if he's trying, if he's taking all of Macquarie's art throwing it on screen, and then trying to get it to look like they shot it on that Kodak stock from 1976. I can't imagine he's not going to tell John Which Williams. would mean a smaller, brassier, hotter-sounding band yeah. instead of like the big right. bus orchestra. Would be well, like, yeah. Also, yeah. in the first well, film especially, again. Williams is using... I mean, he leans a lot harder on the let motif he than does. he did yeah, in, say, exactly, the prequels. Yeah. The prequels had a lot more kind of underscore. Mm-hmm. There's and, a lot of just mush in the prequels yeah. because... Well, I think part of it is also because Lucas was editing those movies so much towards the very end. He had a hard time like scoring two images. This is, this is not the most diplomatic way to say it, but Lucas 
fucked Williams on the yeah. prequels fairly hard. There's especially a lot of that stuff is tracked over and everything like episodes that. Episodes yeah, no, one and two specifically, he hacked John Williams up, and that's that's there's wrong. A, well, that is I, wrong. We, we talked about last time that we watched Revenge of the Sith again recently, and it was not good. But like one of the things one of the things that was really jarring was moments of like silence. no music, yeah, just silence in places mm-hmm. where there should have been score, and it just made it awkward and yeah. Well, I mean, not part, good. The reason the battle in uh, Attack of the Clones sounds as janky and weird as it does is because they it's pod race. Yeah. yeah, they well they just basically told Williams like we're just we're not going to be done editing this, so we're just going to use stuff from Episode One. Yeah, and they just flat out told him like we're just going to retract stuff from Episode One, so don't worry about scoring it. And I'm like, that's fucked that's not i don't like that that makes me not upset but like disappointed because part of the magic of star wars to me is having that perfectly married combination Mm -hmm. of john williams score and you know that last two reels of action in a star wars movie the the way those two come together like part of the reason empire is so magical is because not only is williams completely on top of his game yeah. yeah, but you know it's matched perfectly to oh some of the God. best imagery. Oh in my the God, the the score and like the the like finale version of Han and the Princess yeah. makes me well up with tears. Mm-hmm. Just like, just anytime I listen to it, like it'll come on randomly on my yeah. music Aww. and stuff, and like I hear it, and I'm just like, <gasps> no, that, that's that's yeah. the reason. Like when I made that one geek remix yeah. track, I'm like, when I'm done, when this this whole stupid experiment of mine is done, <laughs> I'm doing the Star Wars end credits, and I'm grabbing. Mm-hmm. I'm grabbing empires. We are ending yeah. with empires and credits. We're done with it. And I did, mm. the problem was I had no idea what I was going to do when I got to that point. <laughs> I dropped in that that Han and the Princess cue from the very oh end credits. Yeah. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck do I do? And I just basically, I honestly swear to God, just started throwing different drum breaks. And <laughs> that's all I did. I was like, grab well, a break. Means- this sounds good. This you're, pretty, you're pretty much guaranteed to hear that again in, in some of the next films. Oh, At least yeah. even it's just a passing, just a little bit like, yeah. well, you know. We're going to be bringing gonna... back some classic late motif. Uh, well, no, I didn't even think about that. You might get, oh. You know, there's a really good documentary online. Um, you can find it on YouTube. There's actually a documentary, like an hour long, they made just about John Williams scoring Empire Strikes Back. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's, nice. I, I forget what it's called. It's like called the Star Wars, the music of John Williams or something. But they just, a camera crew followed him around while he was writing Empire Strikes Back. Is he just Back? watching the movie and just screaming notes at someone who's just like yeah no actually it's, it's, it's uh he's it's super him, mellow yeah, which it's is him kirshner huh. lucas and kurtz and they're all sitting on a couch watching it uh at an editing bay and it's he's watching it for the first time of course there's no music and he's just he's talking about how cool it is okay. <laughs> essentially yeah. like, this works this works and there's it's just them at the spotting session and every now and again kirshner and lucas are explaining to him why this scene means the thing that it does but yeah, I just, until you said something, it didn't even really occur to me that, yeah, we're going to hear Han Solo oh and the princess God. again. Oh yeah. Maybe we're going to hear that droid theme again. Maybe we're going to hear that again when R2 and 3PO show up. Who knows? Uh, I mean, can't, can't. Luke's theme? Uh oh. Oh, man. Which is the main title, so of course you're going to hear I have to see, I get it. If Star Bills was in charge of Star Wars, I have this whole thing in my head, like, what the music should be for, like, teaser trailer, what should be for the whole trailer. Oh, we were talking about that. Yeah, that's like. Yeah, we were, we were, we went to brunch before this, and we're discussing, like, when teasers might, might. 
drop and it'll be, it'll be we gotta get something this Christmas. This Christmas. Yeah. We'll, so we'll, do you think that like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a Jimmy title. And I, Jimmy and I were guessing um, uh, Star Wars Celebration in April. We'll get our teaser next April, and then they'll yeah. try to I think you'll get the trailer. trailer. You'll, you'll get the full yeah. on trailer. Yeah. Avengers yeah. Two comes out in early yeah. May. I think you'll get the full yeah. on trailer at Celebration. I think you'll get a teaser this winter. You'll, even if it's just a title saying 2015. Yeah. Even if it's just like Daisy Ridley just. It's just gonna. It's gonna be the teaser. I have this whole thing of like I want this. There's this piece from the track from Empire called Lando's Palace, which is essentially just the twin binary sunset music mm-hmm. from the first movie yeah. just kind of rendered uh, mm-hmm. more fully where I just picture that like Daisy Ridley doing her kind of like you know like staring at the sunset kind of thing it's gonna like be in Luke. deep space it's gonna be Luke you're yeah, gonna see gonna Luke in like... whatever this teaser well, is also if you be... have a teaser what you do is you have old Luke you know telling story to can't fire a bunch of people in the 20th right. thing and it ends with him singing a long time ago like Galaxy Park <laughs> <laughs> Smash maybe, Cut 2015 maybe, like, yeah, I don't know yeah. That, seems, yeah. that seems soon I my my guess is we gotta get a tailor we gotta get a title and a teaser soon here and I'm guessing it's going to be Christmas because there's that seems like the perfect that I mean, title, man. What the? the we, there's no way we can gauge what the title is because, we, no. like, again, no. even despite all these spoilers, which we think are mostly bullshit, we have no idea what. The well, there have been there have been a uh, uh, there have been kind of a couple of rumored titles, and one of them was like, really? the I'm ancient sure the ancient fear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. bullshit. No, is that BS? That's bullshit. Star Wars. I don't thing. know because it's just like that's a weird thing. play on You're a new. You're kind of compelled to come up with something old and stupid sounding because that's the whole pulp thing. But how do you how do you capture that? Empire Strikes Back. Well, if you think about it, as a phrase, the Empire Strikes Back is kind of dopey too. Yeah. But we're just used to it. Whereas, like, what's the difference between that and the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones? And mm. yeah, like that's yeah. that's good luck with figuring that out. Yeah, Jeez, I don't know. So that's not going to be easy. But I don't know. my, my only other hope with the music is that they don't spam the Imperial March. And that was my yeah. hope with Rebels. I don't want them to spam well, the Imperial March. Yeah. Well, ideally, they well, there, there's an Imperial motif from Star Wars that they abandoned. Like they never used it outside of Star Wars. The whole the descending dun dun or whatever that is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want that back. That yeah. should come back. That yep. only makes sense because yeah. that's that that was the closest thing to an. Imperial I wanted that in episode three. I was like, instead of just spamming the Imperial March, bring that, that theme back and bridge the prequels and mm-hmm. the original trilogy. But as it is right now, there's an Imperial theme that's completely abandoned to just Star Wars, not Empire, not Jedi, and none of the other movies. I would like for that to come back in what some is, form. I would not be surprised to hear it comes back because I remember I interviewed Abrams about Mission Impossible three years ago, mm-hmm. and I remember him. I asked him what piece of music he wanted to bring back. And he was working with Giacchino, and he said he wanted to bring back a very specific piece of music from the TV series, Mm -hmm. a kind of little working theme that they had in the show, and and Giacchino brought it back. I wouldn't... Abrams is a well-known music movie music nerd, and I would yeah. not be surprised to learn he specifically requests that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, is ex- I actually may be. I hate to say this because this is my own music movie music nerd fetish, but I'm actually more excited for the new album than yeah. I am probably. For the film. <laughs> I, I really. That's yeah. not wrong. You hope with any luck, you'll get three you know, films yeah. worth of uh, music out of them. So. I, I bet God I willing. can't. I don't see Williams. Doing all three. Well, I mean, Giacchino's going to take over at some point. You, you, I mean, well, no, well, I mean, if Abrams isn't there, uh, actually, it's with Ryan Johnson, does he get his cousin to score episode eight? No, no, no. <laughs> Just banging and clanging and what the fuck? Is is Giacchino kind of shat? Does does Williams have a shadow? Someone who's following no. him around and learning how he does what he does? No, I don't think so. He I should. think it's, I think it's just. Giacchino's who you go if you want to evoke Williams. That's who you go to. Yeah, I, I, I there's think, no... Although my my personal Dark Horse pick, I, Bear McCreary can do what Williams does mm. pretty well. I know he can. 
I Have you seen Outlander? He, he has a really nice... Uh, yeah. The Bonnie uh, uh, Prince... Uh, he's really good at leitmotif. Now, I mean, you listen to the Battlestar Galactica soundtrack, he's really good at leitmotif. It's not the exact same sort of style as John Williams. combat stuff and stuff. But yeah. he's got he's got distinct themes for a lot of characters, and he knows how to weave them together and provide variations on them that they never exactly get old. And he was doing that for four seasons of television instead of just three movies. So, I mean, you can give him a shot on Star Wars, and I think it would work mm. out Hey, bring really back well. Brad Bird for the third film and got Jay Kino. I'm just saying. Yeah, Brad Bird would be interesting doing this, and I'm, I actually have to say, totally off topic, I'm curious about Tomorrowland, which is, is interesting because no one's talking about Tomorrowland. Yeah. Brad Bird is well, making not... a movie right now. Yeah. That, that hardly said anything It stopped it filming recently. a while ago. Like, it's not like, yeah, I don't know what the yeah. hell, yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so I guess that's a lot of Star Wars talk. Um, <laughs> that, ought, that ought to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, so, yeah, thanks again to all you guys for coming over talking about Star Wars shit. There's, there's no chance if there's any more crazy news. Maybe we'll make this a semi-regular yeah. thing if there's any kind of crazy shit that happens. God knows if there's a trailer this 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 fall, we'll, this oh, Christmas, we'll probably get together and yeah, talk again. Yeah. Just to, mm-hmm. yeah, This may become its own like yeah, like very sporadic. It's I'm own telling you, Christmas, podcast. Christmas, we're going to read. Oh, no, it's inevitable. Oh, man. Well, are we going to... you got to get Conley and Jimmy in here at minimum to talk about what they think of Rebels once they see some episodes. Oh, yeah. is it, wait, how many episodes? Is that, is that just going to be... So that'll all be okay. aired by, yeah, within the next month or two. I mean, yeah. I'm, when does I'm, that start? Like October? No, it starts this month. It starts later this month, I believe. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm hugely skeptical. I don't like anything I've seen, but I'll still fucking watch it because I'm, I'm a sucker wait, and yeah. I have yeah. not seen really? much Rebel stuff what's the theme for that are they repurposing in the old stuff oh the theme yeah, yeah, yeah. the theme starts with uh, you know da 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 oh so it's the Rebel fan it starts with that and then it goes into this weird sort of riff on Into the Trap from Return of the Jedi dun 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 he sort of funked with that a little bit and then it goes back into a regular fanfare and then it ends oh that's funny they're using the same composer they use in the Clone Wars but they told him specifically to go back to classic Williams. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Which might actually help because he's not he's he's accomplished, but I don't know if he's written too many really memorable things. Yeah. For me. Like he never he's never written anything in Clone Wars that made me go, Oh, this is a bad choice, but he's never yeah. really there's maybe like two or three times I can think of where I was well, like, he nailed that. And one of those that... is that that final episode with Ahsoka. I'm like, okay, he nailed that. Yeah. That works. But I mean there's not too many episodes of Clone Wars where oh. the music stands out to a with point. With Rebels he's gonna have more like known late motifs and stuff he can work yeah. with. Well even in the Clone se- Wars a little more of a yeah. blank well, slate. And even yeah. in the, the seven minute preview, like he's mining Williams pretty hard. Like there's that moment okay. where Ezra notices uh, Kanan, and they bring that this. Yeah, da, 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 da. I actually like what oh, Mar- like the little kind of quasi forcey thing yeah. when like yeah. first, when you first mention the, the forces. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That comes back, field. and you're like, oh, I was that's like, well, cute. Oh, nice. I see where you're doing Thumbs that. Up, okay, yeah. That's you know. Yeah. Can, can I say I'm not a huge game soundtrack guy? Not just because I don't think they're bad. I just don't listen to them very much. But yeah, I think yeah. Mark Grisky did an incredible job on the Force Unleashed scores. Those are great mm. Star Wars scores. I think I'm the only person here who's listening to them. They're really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, we're all just nodding our heads. So like, yeah, yeah. Sure, Mike. Sure, Mike. Yeah, sure, Mike. We agree with you. Didn't cause you cancer, so it couldn't be right. cancer. Yeah, 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 didn't kill me. Okay, I will shut up and let us. We'll wrap this up. We'll get out of here so everyone go home and do their thing. Uh, yeah, thanks again, Conley, Jimmy, uh, uh, Mike, Mike Russell. <laughs> it's been a while. I haven't actually eaten yet. Mike Russell, Bobby Roberts. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do you guys care to share your last names? Conley. Why? Sherman. <laughs> Jimmy Pressler. I Jimmy don't Pressler. Care. I don't know. Just in My case anyone wants to yell at you on Twitter, like, I like Star Wars too. I think Hera's super cool. <laughs> just say Conley thanks, Smith. guy. Conley thanks, Smith. Guy. Thanks for showing up. Like the apples. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. 
The Fire. end. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much good with ending. So much. Uh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, honestly, it's hard to. Yeah. Dun, 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 <laughs> See, I like episode four, the hot, like, brassy, where it's a big, loud rebel theme and it just goes into like, a little more of an extended re rendition of the main, like, you know, mm -hmm. low energy ending. That's the part right there. So good. Stomping on everything. Yes! Yes. Okay, we'll talk to you guys later. Okay.